Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, June 28, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 421. This is no agenda. Avoiding the lethal munchies here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. It's Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where CNN tells me that the uh, Obamacare was struck down. I'm John C. Dvorak. No, they're saying exactly the opposite. I'm so confused. Well, they said it was struck down. Then they said it was uh, struck up. It was. uh... Well, I guess they made a mistake. (laughs) It's because no one really understands the ninety pages. That's why. It's because they had the story ready to roll. You know, (laughs) because they pre-write. You know, the everything. In fact, the media. They have your. They have your obituary ready. Yeah, everybody's obituary is yeah. ready uh-huh. days in advance, especially once you get past a certain age. Yeah. And, you know, mine they don't care about, but, you know, the president, the uh, vice president, uh, everybody. Nora Ephron. Uh, especially celebrities. All the celebrities are. Yeah. Uh, you yep. can bet that Lindsay Lohan's obituary has oh, yeah. been written two or three times. Oh, yeah. written. Oh, yeah. So somebody hits, you know, hits the big red button and the story goes. Yep. Yeah, so I, I can't even have an opinion until I've read the documents, but of course I had no time this morning. Because, you know, how, how can you distill 90 pages of opinion in like three seconds? It's so funny. I was watching uh, in the background, I had some of the footage on of, you know, different news networks, and you see all these these news hounds, you know, tripping down the steps of the Supreme Court to get to their desk to analyze. I'm like, you know, it's going to take a little bit more than that. But what I understand just from the the disinformation that's been given to me. And I'm sure it'll be, it, we'll really find out. I mean, you know, I love this stuff, right? Government legislation analysts. I can't wait to read. I mean, that to me is porn. Like 90 pages, that's, oh, my God, that's better than 50. Um, uh, I, what, I, what I think they're saying about the mandate, which is the main, I guess the, one of the main things here, is that it's okay if it's a tax, but not if it's a... Uh, um, a forced thing for which you can go to jail, which I think is kind of the same thing. If you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. Yeah. No, I think that, well, that's my understanding is that Roberts, who switched sides on this thing, said, you know, he just redefined it. He says, this yeah. is a tax. But that was actually the one thing that they kept. Remember, we had those clips and we were laughing about it because the, the lawyer arguing for the um, the uh, upholding this is constitutional kept saying tax, 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 and then I'm not sure. Maybe it was Roberts who said, hey, you keep saying it's a tax, but it's not supposed to be a tax. Remember, this was the whole thing that it was kind of hidden there that it, that, it, that it, you know, it was like, well, it's not a tax, but the IRS are the ones who are going to. Uh, right. Are, uh, proves it's a tax. Yeah. So and we kind of called. Let me see if I could find that. That's uh, let me see if I go to search.nashownotes.com. You know, the, the IRS aspect of this has been overlooked in the argument. But Obama just wants to say it's not a tax, so he's, you know, because he says, no, I'm not going to raise taxes on the public. And uh, so he says, well, no, this isn't a tax. It's a, it's a something else. And then this is a fee, and this is a surcharge, and this is this and that, and it's just still taxes. Right. But then, I, you know, I was actually watching uh, CNBC more, uh, and it looks like stocks went down on all the insurance companies. Uh, and those are the guys I who actually. Why? Had, well, because they probably have real analysts. <laughs> They're looking at real news. Let me see if. Uh, let me see what the. Uh, Look at the stock market. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I mean, that's where you you know that's just follow the money if you want the truth. 
Yeah, or so it was down a complete percent, but that doesn't mean anything. It, no. it, it happens for millions yeah. of reasons. And who's on Buffett now? Uh, anyway, uh, well, we'll have more on that on uh, on Sunday. John, it's so chilly here in Austin. It's, oh, only, well, it, it's only 104. I, I don't know what oh, to do. Oh, you finally get into the summer. Texas, <laughs> you haven't been through a Texas summer. I don't know what to do with myself. It's like, honey, it's 104. Grab the blankets. You know, it's not really a hot. I mean, it's it's a it's a. Uh, <laughs> You can live with it. It's it's for some reason Texas temperatures. It's not that bad. No, it's a dry heat. Yeah. The the only problem is the stupid effing Range Rover. It, you know, it's it's made for British climate, and so you know if you're it just overheats. No, no, no. We took care of that after the catastrophic water pump failure. But everything in the Range Rover, and this one is from 1999, and they were already doing all this electronics crap. I mean, you, oh, yeah. I mean, you hear people with new Range Rovers these days, you know, the chairs stop working, all kinds. I mean, I hate these cars. Although it's, it was a nice cruiser coming over from California. When it runs, it runs great. Um, but the air conditioning decides, and I think it's because it's all based on this relays, and I actually upgraded the relay box, you know, so they don't melt away. Yeah, when it's really hot out, the air conditioner doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> yeah. of stupid. It's like exactly what you don't want to happen. And Miss Mickey, you know, she sits in traffic. Uh, she travels at weird times, and she she drives a lot actually. And you know, she she panics, and understandably so. You know, if you're in the car, and all of a sudden it's like, hey. Phew, what do I feel? And then, you know, the little book light comes on, which means you have to hook it up to a computer or something's broken. And then, you know, it becomes 104 in the car and you're in traffic and you can't get off the road. It's a little scary. It's a little uh, angsty, to say the least. So anyway, I don't know what to do. It's just a stupid car. Uh, bring ice. <laughs> Put a, uh, I told her don't drive. Just stay a home. cooler in the back seat and have ice in there. I said, for, no, I said, just don't drive. Just stay home with me. Take care of me. That's all I need to do. Well, it'll uh, don't worry about it because uh, it'll probably uh, this hundred plus degrees it'll it'll in that part of the country is probably it only goes on for about two or three months. So yeah, it's not uh, yeah, it's anything gonna, to be too concerned about. It's going to end, and we have a nice little break because uh, we're about uh, two weeks away from um, our trip for uh, the wedding and the the party in in Amsterdam. And uh, and then when we come back, you know, we we pretty much want to go into the fires of Colorado on the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. <laughs> uh, although uh, we still don't have a trailer for the trip. Hot I, I, lo I love how people keep sending me emails like, hey, trailer for Hot Pockets. You know, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, and I immediately go look. And they have, it's like a joke email. It's like, hey, you could get this little teardrop thing for only four grand. You know, like the trailer. I love that teardrop <laughs> thing. You can build it yourself. Yeah, well, we know. We, we know our producers in Ohio built one. Um, but it's not really what we're yeah, looking for. it's not for. what you're trying. You want to do. <laughs> it's not what we're trying to accomplish. So we, we, <laughs> we really need a trailer. Otherwise, you know, the, the, maybe people don't want to see us. Maybe they don't care. I don't know. Maybe not that many of our listeners are into the RVing because they're the ones who we don't, are on but the we road, don't, they don't listen to us. But we don't want an RV. That's the whole thing. We don't want an RV. We want a trailer. There's plenty of trailers out there. Just need one in Texas. Anyway, I'm, I'm uh, just going to start propagating the news. This Friday, uh, 8 p.m. here in Austin, Texas, in um, what's the name of There's a bar in the W Hotel. Uh, what's the name of it? Hold on a second. The bar in the W. Yeah, it has a name. Um, we're going to do a meetup. 
So anyone who's uh, in the area, if you want to come by and uh, have a Douche drink. bags. That's the name. <laughs> no, it's not. The W. Actually, the, the W here is not douchebaggery. Interestingly enough. Well, that's a first. No, yeah, it is. People are they're really nice, actually, I have to say. Let me see. Uh, the name of it is Trace. Tango. What? Trace. Tango, Romeo, Alpha, Sierra, Echo. Trace? Trace. What is that? What's, what's, that, what's the meaning of this? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's, but it's a cool little bar, and you can... It's going to have a meetup in Austin? Yeah. Yeah, huh. maybe we spread the word that we need a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, well, it turns out there's like uh, there's a guy from Holland is in town, uh, Todd Cochran, you know, the guy who runs uh, Blueberry, Blueberry, Blueberry Networks? No. Yeah, he's from Hawaii. He's in Austin, and he's like, hey, you know, hey, let's have drinks. And, you know, and we, don't, we, don't want, we, don't, we don't want to leave the house. We don't want to go anywhere. We've got better things to do, like having sex without you people around. It's like, well, if there's two guys in town, why don't we just uh, do a meetup? And I love Miss Mickey. She's like, yeah, great. Let's do a meetup. So there you go. A meetup. A meetup. A meetup. Put it on Twitter. You'd be also a meetup and a tweetup. <laughs> a tweetup. I tweeted it last night. I don't think, uh, I don't think, maybe it was too late for people to see it. In the morning, Bobby Eden, she seems to be listening. Sorry? Bobby Eden, official porn star of the show. Uh, is oh, uh, Bobby Eden. Yeah, Bobby Eden. She's checking in. Anyway, uh, big news. Uh, I think we called it once again. A surprising toxicology report in that gruesome case of cannibalism in Florida. The report shows that marijuana <laughs> was the only drug found in Rudy Eugene's body. He's the man who shot and was shot and killed by police as he chewed off the face of another man. Chew it off! The attack was caught on a security camera, had raised speculation that Eugene may have been high on a drug called bath salts. But today's report ruled that out and also ruled out alcohol and prescription drugs. Hmm. Eugene's victim, Ronald Papo, is recovering, and the reason that he did that gruesome act now is still very much unknown. Wow, I can't believe it. All the news media were wrong. How is it possible? <laughs> they were so sure. Bath salts, bath salts, bath salts. Let's talk about bath salts. Oh, it's even better. It's weed. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, listen, I can claim to be an expert on weed. Uh, and, uh, you know, this... I've heard of the munchies. I heard you get the munchies yeah, on the munchies, me. but this is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe the guy had jam on his face. <laughs> and she still has to How say. About this? The guy was down and out anyway, so he probably <laughs> just ate a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> it's like, hey, let me have that, that peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Jelly sandwich, and the guy smelled it, and that was the end. Well, no, but there's, there's more, and now we have in Waco, Texas, report. 22-year-old man was arrested Monday after a bizarre episode in which police claim he tried to eat his family's dog in a zombie-style attack, and he was growling at his neighbor. <laughs> now, it's just so obvious that this is PR for all the zombie movies coming out. But at the same time, you know, I think that we've it'll happen. We'll find it. You know, it, it's, it's going to show up any day now. That uh, the government is going to uh, sell legal weed and they're going to take care of it, and all this, all the homegrown stuff is going to be no good. It's kind of you know, just look at the supplements, right? Dietary supplements, um, you know, your basic vitamin C. It's being outlawed. Why? Because you got to get the stuff from uh, from the government. You got to get it all from the government. So you know, we'll we'll get weed for sure. It's just you know, we'll we're going to be getting it from uh, uh, from from uh, Uncle Sam. His version, which uh, will be expensive and regulated. There was something else. This is um, 
I mean, the pharma industry is just going crazy. Don Lemon, the guy we love to hate. Yeah. Here's his report. All right, so listen, I really want you to sit down. Are you sitting down? He, He really wants you to sit down. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. Take a seat. And listen to this. It could save someone's life. Oh, it could save someone's life. You know or love. It is no longer hiding in the shadows of seedy downtown alleyways. Heroin has a new home. Heroin has a new home, bitches. Come on in, neighbor. Bringing its highly addictive, oftentimes deadly power to the white picket tree-lined streets of suburbia. Here are just some facts for you, folks. The average age that kids start using heroin just before their 15th birthday, and most of them are white, and more of them prefer to shoot it up than taking it any other way. Now, why is this happening, John? Do you have any idea why we have the power of heroin taking over our white picket uh, fence-lined streets? Huh, I didn't know this was going on. Do you have any idea why this is happening? Well, I mean, the real reason would be uh, they got to move some of the product that they're making out of the Afghanistan. Well, yeah, and how do you how do you uh, make one drug more one product more attractive than the other? You you popularize it. Yes, and well, well, go on, tell me. Free market. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I got the world's largest garbage truck going past the house. <laughs> I couldn't hear a word you said. It's all about pricing, Joe. It's all about the pricing. Check it out. Why the increase here? It's cheaper than pills. Drug (laughs) agents say the crackdown, oxycodone, and other pain pills have made pills way more expensive for users. Twenty to balance out the market. Exactly. And we know we have a a great crop this year in Pakistan. Uh, We've got uh, all of our troops protecting the field, so they're um, so you know it's cheap. It's cheap. Just bring it on in, and it's a. yeah, and of course, the pharmaceutical uh, industry you see in this. And uh, they're like, well, you know, we just got to jump on this one. But ABC, the compromised news organization, they had pretty much the best commercial I've ever seen for, uh, for pills. This was fantastic. Revealing how far they'll go to have it all. Mothers and wives juggling all the demands of work and home with a pill that's being called Mother's New Little Helper. It has been exploding in popularity among women in their 20s and 30s. In just eight years, the number of prescriptions is up 750%. It's a bonanza. What could it be? But as ABC's Dan Harris reports, using that pill may carry a high price. May. Not necessarily, because we're ABC. You know, we've got the pharmaceutical industry paying for this report, so it may. But listen to all the benefits, bitches. They are moms in the shadows all over America, drowning in their daily responsibilities. We received a wave of anonymous voicemails and emails from a hidden underworld of mothers who have found what they say is a secret way to do it all. I love the hidden underworld of mothers. <laughs> Can I get in that club? Adderall. And these women don't have ADHD. They say they need Adderall simply to be better mothers. Now, this is... Uh, oh, that's terrible. This, this is what, uh, what, of course, I discovered when I, uh, when I tried one of these. I mean, it's, I mean, I've never done anything other than weed, 
and I've had a Vicodin uh, after the dentist. I've had a Vicodin. I took an aspirin once. Yeah. A Tylenol. But I've never. Uh, let me think. Uh, I, vitamin C. And I've also uh, taken a, a vitamin B uh, once, only once. D, and then D, I also vitamin, took a, I, I, I think a pill somebody <laughs> gave me at a bar. Dude, once I OD'd on D. I OD'd. Uh, but, you know, so once I took one of these uh, one of these pills and uh, oh, we talked about it on the show. I was tripping out for like six hours. I'm like, it, this must I be. it was Ritalin you took. No, no, no. It was Adderall. No, no it was what? Vivance. It was, it's all the same thing. I was tripping out for like uh, for, for six hours. And I was like, if that's I took the pill, it was uh, tripping out, man. Was, tripping out. I was totally wired, dude. We persuaded one of these moms to step out of the shadows. Her name, Betsy Ooh. Degree. From- oh, by the way, chat room, shut up. We don't talk about Supreme Court decision before we've read the freaking decision. Go watch CNN. Go away. Suburban <laughs> Minneapolis. I grew up in a house where my mom was very neat and everything was really clean and you know, beautiful dinners every night, and that didn't come naturally for me. No, I, I needed some Coke. Hi, sweetie. Several years ago, one of Betsy's children was prescribed Adderall for ADHD. And no question. In a moment of desperation, she stole a pill from her own child, and she says yeah. it worked. I was able it to worked. get all, well, of course it worked. all the stuff done around the house. I was able to... But here comes the commercial. This is the interesting part of this report. You know, cook the dinner. Commercial. What? It's already a commercial. No. She says she took the pill. She got all this work done. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. And have everything perfect. Did it make you feel like Supermom? It did. Woohoo! You said that you would go from eight undoable loads of laundry to <laughs> getting it out, staying clean. up till 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> I'm already there, baby. Getting it all done. Yoo-hoo. She says she thought she'd only take it once. I couldn't stop. I could not stop taking them. I would just be like, okay, I'm just going to do it one more time. One more time. When she ran out, she had to trick the family doctor into writing more prescriptions. I would call and say we lost them. <laughs> I would... Uh, this is the guide. Um, call and say that dose isn't right. You were trying every trick in the book. Every trick in the book. In fact... This need for trickery has given rise to a whole online ecosystem. Uh-huh. Check this out. If you go to Yahoo and type in the words... Are you following along, moms? How do I get my doctor to prescribe Adderall? (laughs) You will literally get tens of millions of results. Mm -hmm. Joni Gamble, a registered nurse, started taking Adderall after finding a book that told her how to lie to her doctor. It's on Amazon. To get the drug. It's on my Kindle. Your life becomes a squirrel just looking for that nut. Squirrel! (laughs) What a commercial. What a great cool. By the way, I interviewed the most ADHD guy in the world yesterday for the Big Book Show. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. You know who he is? No. He's a very famous actor. Uh, okay. he, he was Cypher in The Matrix. He, uh, he's, he has a bald head, beard. He was I in. probably recognize him if I saw him. Oh, yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. So he wrote this book called Asylum, and it's all about his ADHD and his acting career. I can't wait to get it. I got to edit that. Uh, was he zoned out when he was talking to you? He was completely ADHD. It was hilarious. Uh, so he was bored stiff? No, he was just he's just jumping from left to right. It was it was the wackiest interview I've ever done. Huh. Uh, he was in the Sopranos. Guys, uh, I mean, Joey Pants. Well, let me look at him. Now I have to see what he looks like. Pantalia- What's his name again? Pantaliano. Pantaliano? Yeah, as in that's Italian for pants. Pan Pantaliano. Joe Pantaliano. Joe? Joe. Joe. Joe Pantoliano. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. 
Yeah, yeah, he's famous. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And uh, He's the guy who said whore. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's he was like, just a whore. So he wasn't on Skype, and, you know, and then uh, uh, the, uh, my buddy in L.A. who books all this stuff, he gives me his home number, so I call him up. And he's like, hey, Adam, yeah. He's like, you know, I can't, this internet, I don't, you know, he's 60. I can't, I can't but he's like, and I got rid of cable. I hated the evil crap. You know, I only got internet here, and then and now it doesn't work, and my iPad, and I, I, I'm so confused. And then he's calling his daughter. He said, Melody, 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 get over here. I'll break your legs. I'm like, I'm living this guy's life. It was hilarious. <laughs> took an hour and a half to get him up and running. Anyway, that's coming. All a part of our extra service here at the No Agenda program, the best podcast in the universe, uh, coming to you twice a week. On one side from Gitmo Nation, West Coast, John C. Dvorak, uh, here in the capital of the Drone Star State, I'm Adam Curry. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet washing ashore. And, of course, all of our human resources in our chat room who apparently are more interested in... Go watch CNN. You want to know about... You know, I don't think that there's a discussion worth having. No. It's, well, first of all, it's not until the government... It's not even interesting. Who cares? The government legislation analyst needs to read, and then we'll see if there's something to talk about. Yeah, if there's something in there interesting, but right now all I see it is just a, a bill that's already been passed, it's already been put into play, and the Supreme Court said it's okay to continue on your merry way. So what? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's good sh- crap going on all over the world, and we're going to talk about some, you know, Supreme Court <laughs> I, decision. How dull do you think this show wants to do? We want to just go and right down the toilet. Yeah, dullness. You, you, you may want to reclassify. Turn off that chat room. You may want to re- reclassify. It's not like Leo's chat room where they actually, you know, kick people out. It. NoAgendaStream.com, NoAgendaChat.net. Our uh, homepage is at NoAgendaShow.com. And now also available in the new iTunes uh, podcast, uh, the new Apple iPhone podcast app. Um, conveniently, we are, we are featured under travel and culture. <laughs> uh, well, we are culture. But the funny thing is, if you search for Dvorak, have you got, I'm sure you've gotten this email from someone. You get dork. You get dork. <laughs> Did you mean dork? <laughs> no yeah. results. No show results. Just, did you mean dork? Yeah, I only have about six, seven shows, so that works really well. <laughs> uh, and it also looks like the summer is really kicking in. It looks like we were a bit low today on donations. Well, we How should we thank do? our executive producers, if nothing else. Yes. Well, we can always do that. Who do you have? Do we have some people coming in here, checking in, and supporting our value-for-value value model, commercial-free? Yeah, including somebody with a very long story. Uh, oh, okay. Is <laughs> he's our uh, top guy. It's uh, Matt uh, in uh, Crescent City, California, four and twenty-two dollars and sixty cents. Uh, bath salts may be a good. Do you have a bath salt? What is this? Hold on a second. I think he was high on bath salts when he donated. Drunk donations are getting a bit old, so I figured a donation on bath salts might be a good change of pace. John, do you have a bath salt addict voice? Uh, maybe this could be it right here. I don't think so. No. Uh, you could conjure up? No. It's precisely 3.12 in the morning. I've ingested large quantities of bath salts. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I found them under my bathroom sink in a bag that said, okay, now he's, now he's just being silly. Yeah. Uh, he's updating his do- monthly donation to twelve twelve in honor of the year. Uh, this donation brings me a community. Donation, so he's going to be a knight. We've got that. Uh, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. His total amount uh, donated one, to the two, program. Four, five, six. 
Is yes. People need your show now more than ever. Yes, take your deconstruction tricks and make some cash on mattress stocks and Facebook. But please keep the show coming. The value for value model may be difficult, and our cumulative donations are probably not enough to compare to the cash you'd be make by trading your information. But we're nicer than those people, which is true. By the way, great clip of the week on Thursday with the representative Polis uh, Lionheart uh, hoping for a four hundred twenty dollar four twenty rich show today. This is the donation that came in late. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So. Uh, just to summarize, that was that. He now wants. I, what does he want? He wants little girl. He wants little girl. Shut up, slave karma for his new niece Edna. Yeah. Here's hoping to her temporary. Here's hoping. Here's to hoping her temporary innocence won't be jarred too quickly into slavery. Yeah. Good luck with that. All right. So let's uh, let's uh, roll out one of those. Shut up, slave. You've got karma. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Sir Melanson and Tigard, Tigard. Uh, it's all, it's always, always the knights. The knights are always there to help us, even in the slow times. Uh, 420 bucks. Uh, this is a second donation of 6226 Oh, there was a note in the second donation that gets me to a total. Of, this is his accounting. He's actually given us $5,000 total. Wow. He has a few knights to be given to his friends. Well, no, he has, he has a whole garrison, right? Oh, that he, Is he the garrison? No. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he is. And Tigard? Tigard, Oregon, my friend. I don't know. Now I don't know. Wow. Well, this he's a patron. He's not just a he's knight. He's a patron. Yeah, he's gone up. He's got, he'll get a barony shortly. Oregon. That's a good barony. Mm, the whole state. It's beautiful. Yeah, I don't see anybody else chiming in from Oregon that, at that level. I could be wrong. Marty Frasu. Another associate or executive producer, sorry, in Van Nuys, three thirty three thirty three. Finally, uh, my wife Linda and I are both huge No Agenda fans. Good for her. I would love you to thank Linda Frasu for the donation. Last name is pronounced Frasu. It's Basque. I think she has a crush on JCD. He's <laughs> gonna find out. Yeah. <laughs> if, if in the throes of passion she says, "Oh, buzzkill! Oh, buzzkill! Oh, buzzkill! Oh, yeah." Dean Bertram, Sir Dean Bertram in Accra, Ghana. Uh, here's my 419 Ghana SETI contribution. It's from Sir Dean. Thank you. 21486. He'll be an associate executive producer. And that would be it for today's show for our Oops. executive associate executive producer. Uh, for show 421, we have show 422 coming up, but there's also a palindromic show 424, which could be interesting for people who like to uh, give on the numbers. I want to thank them and everybody else who uh, contributed to the show. We'll mention later in the show, Dvorak.org slash NA is the place to go. And there's also a newsletter that came out. I hope you read it. And uh, channeldvorak.com slash NA is another place you can help us by donating there. Two quick PR mentions. Uh, first, I was asked to mention that there is a LinkedIn group for No Agenda with uh, something like 250 members. Uh, I don't do LinkedIn, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not a member of that. But uh, that does seem to be a place where people like to connect with each other. And we got a, a new offer in here, noagendaguns.com. Didn't we have another gunsmith that was... Uh... Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, but there's an interesting offer here from No Agenda. He has a domain name, noagendaguns.com. Hey, citizen, the war on chicken is heating up and bath salts are turning more folks into zombies every day. In an effort to support the No Agenda show and arm fellow producers in Gitmo Nation... 
Prestige Firearms will contribute 100% of the proceeds from gun sales that mentioned the show. Wow. Here's how it works. Find a gun. Use the catalog on the site. Pick the firearm of your choice. Call us and order your gun. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we will take your payment over the phone. Pick up your gun. If you live in Gitmo Nation, Rocky Mountains, you can pick up your gun in person. Otherwise, we'll ship it to a dealer near you for pickup. Enjoy the show. Thanks to your purchase. You can now enjoy your media assassin, assassination while being armed. That's a lovely thing. We, uh, well, that would be nice. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, that's cool. How do you know where to buy a gun? 100% of the proceeds, though, goes to the show. That's, that doesn't make sense. Well, they, they're practically giving them away. So I could buy a gun, mention no agenda, and I'd get and then 100% of the proceeds. Well, that'd be then half the money. You'd have half. It's interesting. Okay, and uh, and thanks to shot. and thanks to Dennis Cruz for creating the album art on uh, episode four two zero on the four twenty show of No Agenda was a nice piece of art, and of course No Agenda Art Generator dot com is where you can find all of the art that is generated for the program and always shows up uh, uh, as as our episodic uh, pieces of art, and uh, we look forward to choosing a new one later today. And again, Dvorak Slash N-A. For your donations, and if you can't afford it, always go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, Lizzie, say it with me now. So to uh, reiterate what we talked about right at the beginning of the show is an article here in The Economist from April. Mm -hmm. The United Nations has published this year's forecast for the Afghan opium crop, and the news is not good. (laughs) Despite all the efforts to reduce cultivation, it looks likely to rise again. How can it be? I don't understand. I mean, you what put, a coincidence! You put all of those troops near the fields, and and they just grow and grow and grow. I don't get it. How is it possible? I mean, you don't think this would be shipped in on on army aircraft or anything, do you, John? That couldn't be possible. Uh, yeah, the peak, the peak is still lower. It's still lower than the absolute peak, which was two thousand seven. So we should look into the uh, what was going on in 2007. That was Bush's last year. The retirement fund. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, uh, let's uh, kick it off here with another installment of We Suck. Are we going to go back to the soccer games? No, We Suck. No, we're going to get that in a second. Um, so on the previous episode a lot of people picked up on this need a jingle for we suck yes someone will check it this is the mea culpas every news organization does this of course new york times has to do it all the time and cnn had to do it this morning (laughs) when they wrongly reported that the supreme court struck down obamacare but we're actually proud of it yeah why not yeah we're proud because you know it shows you that people are actually paying attention so uh we played uh we played a clip let me see if I can bring up this clip here of Kofi Annan. And and uh, you thought, and I agreed with you, that he was talking about sovereign population. It is time for countries of influence to raise a level of pressure on the parties on the ground and to persuade them that it is in their interest to stop the killing and start talking. 
When I briefed the Security Council last time, actually earlier this month, I said as we move forward, we should keep our goals firmly in view to stop the killing, help the suffering population. Right. Uh, a lot of people said, hey, he didn't say sovereign population. He said suffering population. What? Yeah. And I went back and I've listened to it four times now, and I think they're right. I think it's suffering population, not sovereign you want to hear it again? Just that little bit there? Yeah. We should keep our goals firmly in view. To stop the killing, help the suffering population. Suffering. It's just suffering? The way, yeah, it's just the way he talks. Suffering suck it, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that was the comment I got a lot. So um, we suck. Oh, well, yeah. I still like the term. I think, yeah, we just keep, we're just going to use it. Sovereign population. Now... Kind of in the in the we suck category, or specifically I suck. I mean, this just this just goes to show how little we know about professional sports. Certainly, their foosball in this case. Because I was saying, you know, it's going to be Germany against Italy. That technically is not even possible because because they're in the same group. And so, they, oh, you made a blunder. Well, the way it turns out, they actually are playing today. And this is for the semifinals. Yesterday, we had Portugal against uh, Spain. Right. And, uh, and I just want to point out for people who are new to the program, for Euro 2012, we don't give a crap about the game. Uh, no. we, we just want to, we believe that the, all these professional sports are rigged. And uh, in the past, it has always been the country that needed the biggest boost economically and culturally and just psychologically psychologically would be the winner. And we've been very accurate in calling this. Now, this year, it's interesting in Europe because we, you know, all the money is in Germany. Uh, Ms. Mickey, who's uh, joined in on this, believes that uh, Germany will win just to prove the point and, you know, and to start World that War Three. off. they're the boss. Yeah. And by the way, do you notice that the pigs are all in the final four? So we've got, if you substitute Ireland for Italy, it's Portugal, uh, these were the fun. Germany. No, Portugal. P I G S. Portugal, Italy, Germany, Spain. Greece is G. Well, it depends on what you want it to be. And the pigs. Yeah, but the Germans are now new pigs. Well, they're not really. <laughs> it's bullcrap. Yeah, you're right. But but here here's what I'm saying. It's over no matter what, because we know now that Italy is teetering on the brink. Um, you know, they, they, they need, and they're the seventh largest economy in the world. So if they go, then the whole world goes down. So, uh, today Greece against Italy or Germany against Italy, it doesn't matter who wins because if Greece loses today, then we have Spain versus Italy in the finals. So either one of those countries is going to be very unhappy if Germany wins and they beat whoever, you know, either Italy or, uh, Spain, the world's no, gonna... no, no. Hold on a second. It's Germany versus Italy, so that match is going to pit one of those two against Spain. Right. Yeah. But but if 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 Germany loses and you get Italy versus Spain, then it doesn't matter either because whoever loses is going to bring. You know, imagine the Spaniards when they lose, they're going to freak out. I'm telling you, I've I've said it all along. Spain's going to win the whole thing again. No. No. I'm still. So you're going, still sticking with Italy. You're sticking with Spain. I'm with Italy. Miss Mickey's with Germany. She's the nihilist, and this is the funny thing. Well, no, she's got the most cynical perspective. That's on That's what's funny. Right. You know her. This is not Mickey. <laughs> she's always like, I think you've corrupted the woman. You think? 
it's about time. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's a funny report in Spiegel online. It's about time. Um, if the Germans win today, the finals is going to be held in Kiev, and it'll be very uncomfortable for Angela Merkel to go there, knowing, of course, that uh, Julia Timoshenko is still in jail. So politically, it would be very bad for her to show up there. Oh, okay. Well, then the Germans have to lose that match. See what I'm saying? So I, I think it's Italy. You think it's Spain. I think we're going to see the battle of the bozos, Italy versus Spain. And, and by the way, Ronaldo, I mean, it was so obvious this was rigged. So you have this game, Portugal versus Spain. And uh, they play. Did they you play. see those shots Ronaldo was taking? He missed them. They were up by a mile. And But then at the end... Hey, how, I thought these guys were good. <laughs> it wasn't like anyone was, was hanging off of his back, punching him in the head. My grandmother could have made that shot, I tell you. But at the end, they go into the, the penalty kicks, and the coach doesn't even put Ronaldo in there. Come on. Yeah, what was that all about? It's rigged. It's rigged. And then there was a confusion. One guy wanted to go, and then the other guy showed up, and it's like, what? what? No, it's a, that was a total psych job. No, it's so obviously rigged. Well, people, people always get into huge art. Don't email me. I'm not going to reply. So uh, anyway, I'm excited. People should face the reality of these things being rigged. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. So Germany can't win. We see that now, because you know, can you imagine Merkel going to Kiev? That's not. That's politically bad. And uh, I just think Italy is the one, you know. The, we had Mario Monti come out and say, if we don't get Euro bonds, I'm going to quit. I'm going to take my bucket and go home. I don't think, I think it's going to have to be Spain again. They're the ones that have got the teetering on the brink of civil war. But in the rest of Euroland, it's beautiful. We've got great stuff going on. Here's a report Baron von Pelsmacher sent me. Uh, he sends his regards, by the way. Headline in the Belgian newspaper, <laughs> it's better living in Ethiopia than in Belgium. <laughs> wow. According to the Happy Planet Index, the British New Econ Economics Foundation has determined that the standard of living in Ethiopia is better than Belgium. This is bull crap. <laughs> well, There's a bunch of stories about you know, so they're just basically murdering people in Ethiopia. Let's see. Ethiopia is not. Who comes up with this stuff and why? What was the point? To, to make well to suppress to make the slaves even more depressed to sell Adderall. I don't know. But the one that got me. This was a great report. It is so bad in the EU. That these are the reports on the on the on the BBC. Baby crib. The sign says, pointing the way to a journey no mother wants to take. In a Berlin suburb, <laughs> there's a path for desperate mothers unable to cope with their newborn babies. This is the baby box. <laughs> Inside warmth and comfort, and in this specialist unit, a new life with adoption. Baby hatches aren't a new idea. Medieval cathedrals like this one in Italy had windows specially built so mothers could pass their babies through for adoption. <laughs> Foundling wheels, they were called. Now they're making a comeback. They're making a comeback, the baby box. <laughs> it's literally, it's like a little oven. And you just, you know, it's like you, you get the kid, like, oh, we can't afford this. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. It's all right. I'll take it to the baby box. 
put it in the baby box, which apparently is not new. No, it's pretty. Sounds like a European standard practice. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> there goes the donations. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, talking about lousy donations. You know, I figured one of our, I don't want to, you know, one of the things about marketing you always want to do is you don't want to target a, a loser. Uh, you, know, you know, a lot of people have a couple products and one's selling like hotcakes and one's not selling. But the, but for some reason, the CEO is the head and they think it's, it should be selling. So they put all their resources on the dog. And I've seen this happen in publishing quite a bit. Right, where, it's a know, very bad idea because you wind up publishing spending, company yeah. will have a, a cash cow making tons of money, and then they start draining the cash cow to put it towards other pro- projects that are dogs. I can, I can in my memoirs, I'll name names on that particular thing. So, but so I figure I don't want to put a lot of effort in trying to get donors from India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not <laughs> you're not actually trying that, are you? So, but I'm going to do, I think we should, I, one thing we never tried to do with India, which is do real news. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you I mean real India. Okay, hold on a second. And now for the real news. There's a couple of, there's a, this hot woman, I can't remember, I can't pronounce her first name. Chopra is her last name. She, and she, Kapoor. Uh, she's, she's absolutely, you should look her up. She's absolutely gorgeous. Kapoor. She's a, a little glib, typical of an Indian actress. And this guy, Kapoor, who I guess she was dating or something. Now they, they've just done a movie together where there's, it's all about uh, uh, reincarnation. They had all these, you know, they were lovers in, in different eras. And, and here's the, the Bollywood news report right from the, uh, from one of the Indian uh, TV stations. In Tech Hub, Bangalore, the duo shared their expectations from the film, which opened to warm response at the box office. Chopra, who was rumored to be dating Kapoor some time back, said she could not get a better film to make a comeback with a co-star. I'm glad it was with Teddy Merikani. I'm glad it was with Shahid because um, I've always admired him tremendously as an actor. And it's always great to work with somebody who gives you that kind of... Um, you know, competitive space in a scene that you 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 feel like you can do better work because they're doing such great work. So yeah, it was it's great <laughs> to be back um, doing a love story. I've not done a love story in a really long time. आप हमें भूल जाओ हमें कोई गम नहीं जिस दिन हमने आपको बुला दिया समझ लीजिएगा इस दुनिया में हमने Kahani, which also stars Prachi Desai, Neha Sharma, and Rajesh Hirji, highlights the idea of soulmate sans, Bollywood's favorite theme of reincarnation. Oh, what a great plot. <laughs> so I figure this is just very similar to the one time we were doing rundowns of sumo wrestling. <laughs> as How'd an that work out to, for us? Uh, get some new audience members. And this, I, I'm hoping that the <laughs> Indians that listen to the show uh, respond positively with donations. I think her name is Priyanka. That's the one you're talking about. Priyanka Chopra? Yeah. She okay. is gorgeous. Yeah, isn't she? Yeah. Let me just see. Uh, does she have a height listed on her wiki page? Of course not. No. I wouldn't expect it. She is very, very pretty. Oh yes, height five foot seven. Hey, hey. Now why doesn't everybody have their height listed? I don't know. Five foot seven. Hmm. What's your height? Five seventeen. So somebody should put that in the uh, in your wiki page. I'm six one. They should put that on my wiki page. No, no, you're five thirteen. <laughs> That's funnier, man. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, well, whenever I say, because how tall are you anyway, man? Five seventeen. They go, uh, uh, 
because <laughs> they can't figure it out. Idiots. So while we're on the real, uh, real. No, news. no, no! Please don't hurt me anymore. You can't. Okay, I'll do it later. All right, thank oh, you. In fact, I tell you what. Instead of doing it, I have this clip that'll be great for the end of the show. I'll explain about. It. I'll set it up later. A, uh, the Abramoff clip. Yeah. Yeah. Good, because that ties right into some of the stuff I've been uh, researching. Um, I don't want to do that just yet, though. Let me see. What is the here's you know so with all this. All this bullcrap news going on, and of course, we uh, today we have the the contempt of Congress vote against uh, Attorney General Eric Holder here in the United States of Gitmo Nation, uh, which probably will not get a lot of play because of the health care ruling. And by the way, you know what is a contempt of Congress? Like, don't do that anymore. You know, he's not going to go to jail. Yeah, no. There was an executive order that came out. Uh, Technically, they could go to jail, but they don't. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. The president released an executive order, uh, executive order number 13085, uh, for blocking property of the government of the Russian Federation relating to the disposition of highly enriched uranium extracted from nuclear weapons. And uh, so this is one of those things where we steal their money. Um, and And by the way, this is a national emergency has been declared. And I haven't heard anyone talk about this at all. It just kind of popped up on, uh, I think it was, uh, maybe it was yesterday or, or end of day Tuesday. Uh, and uh, what the president is saying here, or what someone wrote for him, is uh, this is concerning the Russian, the Russian Federation concerning the uh, disposition of highly enriched uranium extracted from nuclear weapons. This is an agreement we have with the Russians going back to 1993. Uh, known as the HEU agreements. The HEU agreements provide for the conversion of approximately 500 metric tons of highly enriched uranium contained in Russian nuclear weapons into low-enriched uranium for use as fuel in commercial nuclear reactors. In furtherance of our national security goals, all heads of the department and agencies of the United States government shall continue to take all appropriate measures within their authority to further the full implementation of the HEU agreements, but apparently the Russians are not doing this. And I think that there's some worry that they are um, taking this uh, highly enriched uranium and probably going to supply it to Iran. I guess that's what this is about, because it is seen as a... Here, uh, I hear... Uh, Russian Federation continues to constitute an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security and foreign policy of the United States, and I hereby declare a national emergency to deal with that threat. I think a national emergency is newsworthy. Yeah, I'd say so. It would be top of the news if you asked me. But it's uh, but not not a peep. And so basically any money that uh, is in the U.S., which might be related to the high-enriched uranium Projects of the government of the Russian Federation is hereby frozen. Secretary of the Treasury can block payments, take away your money, and put your baby in the baby box. I don't know. It's, uh, there's definitely uh, stuff going on with, uh, with Russia that is not being covered. And I think it must be related to Iran. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, probably. Are you eating something? A, a hard candy. Okay. I'm just doing it for my throat so I don't start coughing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a little bout of that myself. A lot of follow-up from uh, 
from banking sysadmins who uh, are producers of this program. Actually, a very a, a varying range of answers to the big NatWest uh, Royal Bank of Scotland um, problem, where you know now we're a week on. And they still are having some uh, some issues with people getting their money or doing certain transactions. Here's the uh, the douche, uh, the spokeshole. Actually, I think he's the CEO of the Royal Bank of Scotland. Uh, in simple terms, uh, there was a software change uh, which didn't go right. Uh, and although that itself was put right quickly, there then was a, a big backlog of things that had to be reprocessed in sequence and uh, that got on top of our technical teams, which is why on Thursday and Friday, customers experienced um, uh, difficulty, which uh, we're well on the way uh, to fixing, but we'll still have some tail. Now, the explanation he's giving is consistent with what I saw, and I, I had a company, we did some work for the banking sector in the mid-'90s. Uh, you know, this is what, this is like, well, literally, we had Windows 95. This doesn't give you any idea of, uh, uh, of how long ago this was in technical terms. Right. And, and there were big legacy systems, and we had something, uh, pro- batch processes that would run overnight with something called settlement. And these systems would you know, be crunching all these numbers, make sure all the accounts, everything was straightened out, not just internally, but with other banks. But that was 1995, and I've got some uh, sysadmin saying, yeah, no, this is what happens, and then if something goes wrong, then, you know, it starts to back up, and then it uh, gets, well, this is exactly, listen to the theory that this president is saying. Uh, so that's broadly what happened, and it's like, I don't know, the landing path at Heathrow or something. Once you get out of sequence, it takes a time to get back into sequence, even if the original fault is put right. Yeah, but, you know, even Heathrow shakes that out in 24 hours. So... They're still not completely stable, and uh, I. But I've gotten also some other, some other emails from some of our uh, uh, banking uh, sysadmins, and say that you know that's total bullcrap. First of all, this happened on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, who doesn't upgrade on a Tuesday afternoon? You know, yeah, really. That's like only upgrades are done over the weekend, usually Saturday or Sunday night. Yeah, did you just go all uh, helium on me? No, did I? <laughs> No, you didn't. No, don't worry about it. Not at oh, all. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is John C. Dvorak on Helium. We haven't done this in a while. <laughs> this is Skype at work. I love it. Perfect. High technology doing its thing. <laughs> Do a jingle for us. Uh, oh, shut up, slave. <laughs> Wait, do it again. It cut out. Oh, shut up, slave. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so this like, am I still sounding like this, or did it die? No, no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, so Should I reboot? <laughs> no, just keep it as it is. I love it. It's ridiculous. No, it sounds like what you think. It sounds perfect. This is the Kid way it, to you. It's, this is the way it should always be. This makes so much sense to me. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I'll call you back. We'll fix that. <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. Hello. Is that okay now? Yeah, perfect. Anyway, so uh, you know, so I think some more modern uh, bank sysadmins checked in and said, "No, no, no. You know, we have gold star systems. 
You have a system in a data center that writes all the data live to disk, then destaged to tape. Those individual components are all duplicated to remain resilient to failure. Data is also being written in real time to another data center elsewhere in the country, connected by huge bandwidth, dedicated fiber links. It says it just does not seem possible. Ooh. Why'd you hang up? Huh. Don't hang up. This is good. No, that's even worse. Now you're AMing on me. Are you there? Okay, I think so. Hello? John? John? Hey! Holy moly. We haven't had this problem for a while. What's going on? I have regular bandwidth. It's not on my end, I don't think. Hello? I can't hear Hello. you. Hello. Yeah, something's wrong on your end, man. Huh. Can you hear me? Wow. Hello. <laughs> I know what we'll do. There's one. There's one way to get him. We'll play the slide whistle. it would work you there wow how long has it been uh, since we've had this problem oh <coughs> hmm. there you go can you hear me john well, I unhook anything can you hear me <laughs> he's helium again testing yeah, that's good <laughs> hello hello if you can hear me i can hear you <laughs> me turn off skype I'm going to pause the recording for a moment. You sound awesome, by the way. I'm sure I do. So uh, maybe you have to reboot your router or something because it's uh, you got a real problem. Uh, yeah, that's a thought. Okay, let's take a break. Okay, <laughs> let's take a break. <laughs> Say we'll be right back, folks. We'll be right. We'll be right back, folks. You missed an amazing little intermezzo there. Uh, yes, I was busy. And I didn't record it for the show. That was a, uh, a No Agenda Stream exclusive. I jammed with uh, Ringo Starr. Hmm. Was yeah. he there? Yes, Ringo. Ringo was here. Yeah. Uh-huh. He did. Uh, you're 16, you're beautiful in your mind, and I played along on my slide whistle. Okay, so you're back. Uh, we were talking about uh, the banking. That this, this basically is... Uh, uh, are you still there? Yeah. This really feels like uh, a bunch of bull crap. And, uh, but there's more, there's more things going on that's really weird in the financial sector. For instance, more and more you're seeing, uh, and I don't know if this is a function of the merchants or the banks, but you're seeing ATMs not working. I've had this happen even in Austin. Um, uh, the credit card swipers aren't working. I think there's, either, you know, there's two things. One, I really believe there must have been some kind of real issue that is not as simple as this uh, Royal Bank of Scotland or Nat West are explaining. It could even have been, you know, like they had some um, financial issue. I don't know. I mean, what what a way to keep the money for a couple of days, but not handing it out. 
But also I see a lot of people no longer accepting credit cards or debit cards. They just want cash. And I think that we're going into exactly what I haven't seen any of this. Oh, wow. I see. I hear about it everywhere. In, well, of course, in Spain, you can't even eat in a restaurant anywhere without paying cash. So there's a couple things could be happening. One, people just want cash, which makes total sense. Another thing is credit card terminals aren't working. And I have seen this. You don't have this at all. Do you, do you get out? Do you shop? I was out of the house last month. <laughs> yeah, I get out of the house. I shop all the time, and I use debit and credit cards constantly. In fact, just yesterday I was at two or three stores and swiped no problem. Hmm. I've seen problems here. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Bless you. Of course, big news not really. Uh, big news not really. <clears throat> fucking thing. Big news not really discussed here is this uh, scandal with Barclays on the LIBOR, uh, the London Interbank Overnight Rate. Have you been following this? No. Oh, my goodness. So they got fined like uh, almost three quarters of a billion dollars because they were manipulating the LIBOR interest rate. And in fact, I saw the, uh, all the bank stocks were way down in the UK today. So, so, you know, the London interbank overnight rate is essentially what the, uh, what the banks will pay in, uh, in interest percentage points, and it goes down to basis points, which is a hundredth of a percent, uh, for uh, keeping money overnight amongst each other. And these guys were scamming. They were, it was literally like, uh, like uh, office spaces. Yeah. They were just scamming. But this is trillions of dollars at the end of the day. And, uh, and what's, what's worse is, you know, these guys get fined. I guess they have to pay a half a billion dollars to our government, who Lord knows where that goes. And then uh, I think $100 million total, a little over $100 million to the U.K. government. But this, this has hurt everyone because your, your mortgage rate, your car loan, your credit card, all of that is based on LIBOR, isn't it, originally? Well, it depends on whether it's a flexible rate or not. Everyone has a flexible rate, John. Who has a fixed rate? Come on. You, I, there's no, I've never seen a car loan that was ever f- uh, f- uh, f- flexible. They're all fixed. APR, isn't it? Isn't that what uh, flexible is? No, no, that just refers to the interest rate over a period of specific period of time. Right, but that's all ultimately based no, on. But, that, but once you sign the bill, once you sign, you're done. That's it. You're stuck with that. Right, but it could. That's, it, when you buy a car, when you buy a house, yeah, you can get a flexible rate. Yeah, but that goes up and down and up and down. But it's generally so low, right? But now that now. rate was also determined ultimately by LIBOR. That's not my understanding. Okay. Well, that's the way I, because the way I understand the way the banks really make money is the spread between the LIBOR and then what they can cheat the slaves out of. Yeah. But it's again, with the flexible rate loan on a house, it doesn't kick in for like three, four, five, six months after it goes up. They they just can't fluctuate on it. You're like your bill changes every month. Whoa. Well, so that, it, it, would be, it would be caught by then. Isn't that, that the exactly reason that they, they set it up that way? So the scam doesn't take place. Wasn't that exactly what happened with the housing crisis? Everyone went like, whoa, now i got to pay a lot more? 
knows, but they could, took out loans that, that gave them balloon payments. That's what really caused that. Mm, okay. They took, they bought a house for, for a low monthly payment with a, with like after five years, it was going to blossom into some huge payment. They did it on speculation thinking, well, don't worry about it. In five years, I'll sell the place and make a fortune or a refinance back right, then. The house right. price goes down. Now they got this huge balloon payment. Okay. So no, it's not, that's All not, right. it's really not it. Okay. It's wrong. All right. I'm, I suck. No, you don't suck. Well, maybe you do, but it's, I don't think that, I, there's something else going on. Well, did you read that Matt Taibbi Rolling Stone article about, uh, No, I. you haven't didn't. read that? Oh, wow. That, what did he say? Summarize. Okay. So it's a very long article. Here's how he, so the, the, the headline was kind of like the bankers are using mafia uh, pr- tactics with uh, price fixing in order to uh, skim uh, hundreds of, if not trillions of, hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars. Here's how it works. So the bank will help you put up a bond. Uh, Let's say you're a municipality and you want to build a new uh, school. Um, So let's say that's uh, $50 million, and they will um, help you put up a bond. And then, you know, that money sits in an account because they're not going to use all $50 million immediately. So then they call up a broker, a, a guy in the middle, and the broker is supposed to go out and find um, different banks who will give them an interest rate on that. But that, but that part of the process was fixed, and they had, you know, they have all these you know, like hundreds of hours of tapes of bankers, you know, using code like, "Hey man, you're a dime, you're you're a nickel short, whatever." So instead of, uh, they were basically divvying up all of these. Um, uh, all of these interest rates on uh, on putting, you know, giving the municipalities money to a bank, and it would be the difference between five percent or five point four percent, and then that so the municipality would get five percent instead of the five point four percent, and then the banker, the middleman, he would get the point four percent in a kickback in the form of a swap someday later on, which was also known as the big lunch. So they had all these code words, so. The argument here, which is very interesting, is that it was free market because they were still getting, you know, 5%, and that's what the market would bear. But, of course, on the other hand, uh, the municipalities, you know, uh, hospitals, schools, you know, old people, grandmothers, etc., were getting screwed out of, out of money that these guys were putting in their pocket, which is kind of the way banking works. But then there's also some corruption involved with, you know, uh, people taking money and giving it to political campaigns. So that mayor would then choose this bank. I mean, the whole thing, if you read through it, it it's a little bit of a read, but it's it's pretty uh, disturbing. Just, you know, how stupid we are that we're do- sitting in front of stupid podcasts talking on Skype. Or we could make it be making millions just by chatting on the phone, cheating people. Is Matt Taibbi's next article be about how some lawyers are crooked? Yeah, but you 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 get the general idea. Yeah, well, this is not. not I don't know how anyone could be stunned by this. Well, no one cares. the The story went nowhere. Right, nowhere. So, so we're getting. Uh, I've gotten one uh, call from Gallup uh, about uh, Bank of America. It was a bank. You could tell. You know, it's a Gallup poll about. There, I don't think it was a poll. It was research about what I thought about the Bank of America since I had an account there once. And so a couple of months go by. So J.C. Buzzkill Jr. got a call on his cell phone because he has a Bank of America account. Mm-hmm. And he's and I we talked about it afterwards. And it and it turns out the concerns have changed a bit. 
Oh. Uh, apparently, the banks, uh, American banks, or at least the Bank of America, are freaked out by the Occupy movement and specifically the demands of the Occupy movement of its members to drop all their bank accounts and go to credit unions. Right. Because the question seemed to be, are you going to do that? Are you sympathetic to Occupy? Are you, huh. you know, it's, there was a lot of those types of questions where they're really? trying to figure out how dangerous. In other words, the bankers are trying to figure out how actually dangerous or not dangerous these occupiers are with some of these, you know, threats or well, not may, threats. Well, maybe they're just trying to, to hedge their, their business to find out if they should, like, close your account on you. So they called him because he has an account, presumably, and they want to know, you know, are you a risk? Are you going to take well, your money a, out? I'm always, like, reminded of something you might see in The Sopranos where these guys are asking questions and the, and the gangster grabs the microphone and says, John, that's you on the other end. I know it. We're going to go kill you. <laughs> Yeah, you goomba. I always worry about that, but I don't think so. I think they're just trying to figure out. I'm thinking the Bank of America start buying credit unions. There's no uh -huh. reason a bank can't own these. Well, Is there? Yeah, but you know that kind of ruins the whole idea of it being a credit union. And Who's going to know? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the central bankers. There was a. a this has gotten some play. Uh, virality speaking. Uh, on, on the interwebs. This is a little discussion on MSNBC about uh, central banks. These are a bunch of uh, investment guys, banksters. Uh, the guy who, who's leading this show, asking the questions, is pretty funny guy, pretty effeminate with uh, with a bow tie, which kind of makes credibility hard. <laughs> like, like Bill Nye, the science guy, asking the questions. But the question was good and valid, and what came back was probably true. A lot of risks out here. If the, if the ECB does not come with a big bazooka, that may be an even bigger risk. So I think investors need to be very uh, cautious in here. Does it seem to you, John Batchelor, that the ECB and all the European ministers, are, mostly what they do is hold summits? I think that right now the question is, do we all work for central bankers? That's what I want to address to our guest tonight. Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central <laughs> bankers in charge? Jim, Jim Urio, you say we've got some downside here. I love this. Is it one world? Is this new world order? Central bankers rule us at last, Jim. Direction in the markets, fine. But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Aren't we all just counting on the fact that there's a Bernanke put, put and that we won't go any lower than, say, 5% uh, down from here? Of course we are, because if we look at the economic data, there's nothing to get excited about in that. So we, you know, yesterday we saw some reluctance for the Bernanke Fed to expand their balance sheets and pump more money in. But the stock market knows that reluctance is, is totally different than not willing to do it at all. And that's why we saw oil and oil implode and gold trade off heavily because they're not a protected class. If the stock market starts trading off in the 10 to 15 to 20 percent area, the chairman's going to come in and throw some stimulus at it. So to answer your question, we are absolutely slaves to central banks because and we'd love to be slaves to the economy but the economic numbers continue to do nothing but trend lower we're slaves to the central banks oh, brother hey, but if these guys are talking about it yeah that means we've got to be talking about something else well i thought it was interesting that they actually pull up global governance and that's what's happening yeah yeah, well, the global governance thing is, well, there was a couple of clips. I've been listening to all these European and Middle Eastern stations this last uh, week. And uh, there's some interesting analysis going on. I, I, one of the stations that is, 
quite interesting is Cat Sank. Yeah, uh, France 24. Or sorry, Van Cat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Van Cat. Van Cat. What did I say? It's, I don't know. Cat I don't know what tongue. I said. It was ridiculous. Um, and there was a couple of interesting points. Uh, where is this? Great. It's not on here. Good job. Huh. Is this the right list? I don't know. Yeah. What, what's the name of the clip, man? Well, that's a good question. I'm it's looking not, at the li- list of a, the clips. There's 13 a, of them. It's not a good Sweet. question. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> oh, here it is. Rant about the Euro. This is a, uh, this is a Van Cat panel. Every, every TV uh, news thing has to have a panel of, you know, their hot panel. And there's this guy, some progressive, and he's he's in French. This is a French guy, and then he's if you read between the lines, this is really what the thing is all about. It's about sovereignty, and it's not just about sovereignty. It's about giving up your sovereignty. And I just don't see how the French can, out of the blue, really agree to this. Giving up their sovereignty to Germany or Belgium? Does that make sense to anybody? What we need is not a discussion about one is right, one is wrong. We need both of them. You need austerity and at the same fiscal discipline is better and at the same time a growth package. And at the same time you need a transfer of sovereignty where some countries have difficulties and at the same time solidarity that means mutualization of the debt. And the moment is there to, to stop this, uh, this fight that is unproductive yes, what we absolutely. got the last absolutely. two years in the European Council. Only producing half measures that have worsened the crisis. And I think with Mr. Holland or somebody is there maybe who can give an other view, uh, a French view on, on transferring sovereignty. I How, hope, I hope that is, he is not falling into the trap is, of the old style French politics and that he knows that also Monet Schumann, Delors, that's also French tradition in European politics. That means a supranational authority on the federal level, on the federal uh, European Union. <coughs> and at the same time then, I think we have to convince Mrs. Merkel to say, stop it now, and we start the mutualization of debt. Yes. Otherwise, you, you shall lose what is the most important for Germany, and that's the euro, because the euro is the engine of growth in Germany. Okay, now, I got a couple things to say about this. First of all, yeah, surprise, surprise that the guy who they elected president in France turns out to be a douchebag shill who wants to sell him down the river. Are we really surprised by this? I'm not. We have the big uh, the big Eurozone meeting. The, yet another Eurozone. I heard your Dvorak Horowitz unplug show. Uh, so another, you know, big meeting this weekend. Uh, Van Rompuy, Haiku Herman, started out with a 12-page document of what we're going to do. It then became a 10-page document, and now it's a 7-page document. And of all people, of all people, George Soros actually explains in one minute exactly what is happening. Yes. Basically, there, there's an interrelated problem of the banking system and the excessive risk premium on sovereign debt. That's a, a, a twin, they're Siamese twins. They are sort of tied together. And you have to tackle both. And uh, it's recognized that you have to do that. And there's no widespread agreement on what to do on the banking side. It's the beginning of a banking union. Um, and uh, there's a disagreement on the fiscal side. And unless uh, 
that is resolved in the next three days, <laughs> then I'm afraid the 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 uh, uh, summit uh, could turn out uh, to be a fiasco, and that could be actually uh, fatal. <laughs> that could be a fatal. I had a bunch of Soros clips for some show some time back that I just never uh, edited down where he's speaking to some group. And he is, it seems to me, listening to, then this clip just confirms this. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that Soros is, Soros a betting man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And essentially, and he makes big bets and he knows and he bets on all kinds of stuff. I think he's been betting against the euro and he's doing what he can to help. Pull the rug out from under it uh, yeah. in this very subtle way. Do you call that subtle? Fatal? Using words like fiasco and fatal? That's subtle? This is new. So, oh, I, I think it is subtle. So here are the points of uh, haiku. <laughs> if your doctor says to you, I think your disease is fatal, I don't call that subtlety. Here's, well, uh, it's different than you're going to die. Yeah, right. Here's uh, here's the main points. I've dissected the document, of course, in the show notes, uh, 421.nashownotes.com. Uh, there's like seven points here. So what they're going to call for now is limits on the amount of debt individual countries can take on. Annual national budgets can be vetoed by Brussels if they're likely to mean a country exceeding its debt limits. The Eurozone borrowing money collectively can be explored. <laughs> A European Treasury office to be set up to control a central budget and keep an eye on the national budgets, uh, i.e., give us your money, slaves. A single European banking regulator and a common scheme guaranteeing bank deposits. So it's like Basel IV at this point. Common policies on employment regulations and levels of taxation, uh, communism. And joint decision making with national parliaments to give to give it democratic legitimacy, i.e., propaganda. This is this is crazy. This will this will this is exactly. I mean, you can't tell me that when the European Constitution was voted down by France and the Netherlands, and they said no, we're not going. We don't want a constitution, and they brought in this Lisbon Treaty. Sorry, abortion. That they didn't know this was going to happen. It was so obvious. This whole thing is one big set. Maybe Soros set it up himself. Who knows? But this thing was always just destined to fail. The Dutch Central Bank is now announcing to people, pay off your mortgages as quickly as possible, people. <laughs> Really? Yeah. What's Why? That? Why are they saying this? What's the panic? Uh, you need to save money because things aren't going to get easier. How's saving over- money, paying off your mortgage at, at, at extremely high rates. I'm giving you the direct quote. How do you save money when you just have to spend more? They're saying, they're saying, be aware because I think interest rates will go up. Maybe be aware things will not get any easier over the coming years. Uh, the Nederlandse Bank director Joanna Kellerman warned on Tuesday. She says people must take into account lower pensions, <laughs> falling housing prices, and rising health care costs. It's a beautiful world. It's fantastic. Enjoy that. And then in Greece, you know, because of course we got the French uh, shill in. This was just so lovely. So we get the, a, a new Greek government. 
and the finance minister develops abdominal pains and is quickly replaced by the guy who brought in the euro in the first place. How convenient. So, uh, I know the guy was there for what, a week? A week? He almost, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Domino's pains, yeah, from some guy's thugs coming in and punching him in the gut two or three times. That'll give it to you. Details of his reg- resignation are unknown. However, he was admitted to a hospital last Friday because of intense abdominal pains, dizziness, nausea, sweating, and weakness. Yeah. What would poison they Poison, used. yeah. Poison. This is good poison they, they got there. And then immediately the Greek government has appointed a new finance minister uh, after the first choice resigned. So, that you know, the, you don't just resign because you're nauseous. You got a warning. Like, you're out, douche. Yanis uh, Sturnaris has been appointed. His nickname as Mr., is Mr. Euro because he was... Ah. Pu- he was part of the team which negotiated his country's entry into the single currency. At the time, he was chief economic advisor and aide to former prime minister uh, Kostas Simitis when Greece was negotiating entry into the euro in 2001. I mean, hello, obvious calling. So this is how it goes. And in, uh, I guarantee you. Uh, if the whole thing hasn't fallen apart by then, September 12th, when the Dutch have their snap elections, they'll have all the shills coming in as well. I mean, look at what we've got. I, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, people are angry and they, they are protesting in, uh, in many European countries, but they're protesting the wrong things. You know, yeah, it sucks you got no food and no job. But look at where the problems are coming from. Look at who's doing this to you. These are the evil people. Spain now capital controls. No transactions over 2,500 euros in cash. If they catch you, you get a 10,000 euro fine. Well, there's going to be a lot of small transactions then. <laughs> I'm sure. Most people have already gotten their money out of their Spanish banks. Yeah. So... I feel really bad. I really do. It's going to be interesting. We'll have some good stories when uh, when, when we're it collapses. <laughs> when we're in Amsterdam, we'll have some good stories. It'll be oh, great. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Anyway, I, I got my warning. I, I don't know about that Syrian uh, television interview. Now that it seemed to be blowing up. Uh, let me see. Oh, TV studios. The TV studios got blowed up. I don't think that's a good idea for me to I go. I have a little report here if you want to play the TV station getting blowed up. Yeah, let me see. Where is it? Serious it's at the bottom. Yeah. Here we go. The latest violence hit Syria's state television channel, Al-Akhbaria. The regime says terrorists attacked the studios 20 kilometers south of Damascus, killing three journalists and four security guards, while Syrian TV reportedly dropped normal programming and ran live images of the attack. Ajah Matrisi's images from Syrian state TV show the damage after an attack on a privately owned television station 20 kilometers south of Damascus. Armed men seized the headquarters of Alik Baria in the town of Drusha at about 4 a.m. local time Wednesday. They then detonated explosives, destroying part of the building. Syria's Minister for Information visited the scene later in the morning and condemned the attack. Yeah. This is not looking good for my trip. So they had, uh, I mean, it seems that all these things that are happening that are bad, I mean, there's always traces back to the, this, this anti-government group, whoever they are, nobody knows. 
And it's like yeah, uh, we do. We, they, we, they, they blame the the fed, you know the federal government or the 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 regime on on all these uh, murders, even though they can't really track it to anybody. But meanwhile, when they do have something they can trace, it's it's these bad guys. So I, I mean, this whole thing, of course, there's nothing we can do about this situation. It has just deteriorated to the point where uh, nobody wants to, to keep things the way they are. So they're going to oust the uh, government in some way, shape, or form. Uh, overtake the place, and then uh, there's been some good analysis about how small groups of people can uh, really shake things up in these countries. Well, I have a view on this. Now, first of all, let's look at the actual facts that are taking place. Now, uh, Lucifer uh, Clippity-Clop Clinton was in Helsinki. Um, And, and of course, we know she was in Helsinki because she was telling the, uh, the Finns um, you're not just going to accept this uh, whole bailout thing, the ESM, because she's part of the cabal bringing down the euro. So you, you're going to want collateral. And she was there to tighten somebody's balls. Uh, but then, of course, uh, came the announcement that we're going to have a big meeting uh, this weekend in Geneva. Hold on a second. It's the message is clear. Just <laughs> All right, here she is uh, just talking about how horrible it is, and it's just none of it's going to work, and just we've, we've got to do something, and now we're going to put together a group outside of the United Nations Security Council uh, for the transition. This, this is no longer, it's just like transition means getting that guy out, putting our guy in, which I guarantee you will be Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, we believe it embodies the principles needed for any political transition in Syria, uh, that uh, could lead to a peaceful, democratic, and representative outcome reflecting uh, the will of the Syrian people. Uh, if we can uh, meet on the basis of that roadmap uh, with everyone uh, agreeing before we arrive in Geneva that uh, this will be uh, the document we are endorsing by our presence, Uh, then I think a meeting makes uh, a lot of sense, and we support it. But we want to ensure that any country that participates firmly supports the envoy's transition uh, plan and his original six-point plan. Okay, so the document she's referencing I've not been able to get a hold of, but I guess they're essentially going to say, okay, Here's the plan. It has nothing to do with the United Nations Security Council. I'm also surprised, by the way, uh, that Turkey only invoked the fourth resolution, not the fifth, sixth, or even seventh, was what I was uh, expecting. And then she she threw out this beautiful just list of words that I think we should we can use over and over again whenever we uh, bring Lucifer Clinton into the picture. Painful, tragic, dangerous, difficult. We know that. Yeah. Painful, dangerous, difficult, tragic. Thank you for explaining that. So here's what I think is is happening. We have a a true push from uh, the Saudis to uh, to disrupt this entire region because they've got all of their oil and gas uh, assets and initiatives, and they want to just get rid of everything else. And they, I think, have are goading. Uh, Erdogan of Turkey to do their dirty work. So it's kind of like a proxy war, if you will. And, um, and he's falling for it. He's an idiot. 
And, and, I, and you can kind of, and of course, the U.S. is completely in bed with the Saudis, which I think is dangerous policy for a number of reasons, but it's all based upon money. This goes back to the uh, George W. Bush. You know, he got all the Saudi money, and you know, it's all about money at the end of the day. Yeah, most of us in that book about the Bushes. What's the name of that thing again? Family Fam- Jewels? or family, family of Secrets? Family Secrets. Family Secrets, I think, yeah. So it's all the Saudi money. These guys, you know, they love them. They love them. They love them. You know, at one point, if you recall in the re-election when it was Gore Bush um, and and Bush won the second term, he actually said it was the 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 Muslim population in Florida that won it for him, which of course is bullcrap. But you know, th- this was the kind of thing that he was talking about. And just uh, when was the, when did this come out? This came out and, ye- yesterday. And and by the way, Clinton was also and still is, I believe, in the Saudis' pocket. That's where yes, that's where his library most of came that from. Money comes from. That's yeah. in the where, where's that Clinton library and foundation money coming from? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then um, the, the Obama administration yesterday put out a joint statement by the United States and the United Arab Emirates. We remain deeply committed to close consultation and cooperation, i.e. pay me, to promote peace and stability in the Gulf region and the broader Middle East. In their meeting at the White House today, President Obama and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nuhayan reviewed the full range of regional security issues, including Iran, Syria, terrorism, and energy security. So it's all about the Saudi uh, energy uh, industrial complex, if you will. And uh, we're in bed with them. And I think it's a very, very dangerous thing to do. I understand that, you know, you want money, and, and it's, but, you know, I think we're putting a lot of things at risk. And there's all kinds of signals that this is, this is what's going on. Um, of course, we had the Syrian jet, uh, which was really, I think, a reconnaissance plane. There was no second plane. You know, all these, you can't believe anything you hear in the media, any, like, duh. But, you know, this is completely nuts. Uh, here, uh, here's, the, uh, here's the tip-off. Um, we now have, apparently, soldiers defecting, crossing into Turkey. How many soldiers? Oh, yeah, baby. You got to know it's 33. Of course. Tip me off right there. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Okay, you, yeah. you get that yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. So we know what's going on. I mean, why even mention it? Um, Erdogan is now talking about if troops come near the Turkish border. So what is he setting up here? Like a, uh, a buffer zone, human corridor? You know, this is war talk. And I think he's stupid. I think he's really, he's, he's, he's you know, this could be pretty bad if uh, if Turkey and Syria and if everyone gets into that crap over there, you know, we could see a real, a, a real turmoil in uh, in the Middle East. And, and I really, really believe that this is coming from uh, the Saudis. And the more I look into it, John, this Muslim Brotherhood thing is I'm not liking it. I'm really not liking it. I'm not liking the integration. I've been looking at here's one. Here's something that I picked up. This this kind of so now Muslim Brotherhood. These at one point in our history, and I'm I'm uh, this is you know I was too young, what not aware. You've been uh, aware for a lot longer than I have. You're a smart guy. The Muslim Brotherhood were not the good guys. Am I correct? No, they've never been the good guys until I guess. Hillary came along, and now they're the good guys for... How does that work? Well, who is Hillary's body man? 
She has a body double? No, you know what I mean. Who is the number one top assistant with her all the time? Oh, right. Your, her, your girlfriend. Kuma Abedin. Kuma's mom, Selah Abedin, uh, uh-huh, is, has very close ties to oh. the Muslim Brotherhood and the new Egyptian dude. She, let's see, she worked alongside, uh, here is a... This would make sense. I think we actually have talked about her connection to the Muslim Brotherhood like over a year ago. or I don't even remember that. When we first started talking about her relationship to her husband, Wiener, Anthony Wiener, who was then ousted. Yes. And we believe, of course, that he's just a beard. Well, let me me give you an uh, an alternate theory. Alternate theory, okay? So first of all, here we have a Jewish guy, Wiener, marrying uh, a Muslim girl. Now in America we look, we're like oh that's great you know it's like you know black white red whatever we are, we all love each other uh, but in Islam this is kind of frowned upon in fact I think uh, you would get stoned if this uh, would, and yes. I'm not talking about the good kind you get buried up to your shoulders and they throw rocks at you so what here's a theory <clears throat> let's take the the lesbian thing out although that is my preferred theory because you know Huma is very smoking hot let's say. Anthony Weiner converted to Islam to get married. And the reason I say this is it makes so much sense that he, as, uh, as a, if he really converted to Islam, then he, you get a free ticket. Because you, know, you can have as many wives, you can screw around, you can do whatever you want to do. And otherwise, I mean, why is you know, this Huma, how can she go to all these different countries and not be accosted for marrying a Jew? So maybe this was all this. Maybe Hillary Clinton has been infiltrated to coin a phrase. And we and 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 Huma is her uh, is her handler on behalf of the Muslim Brotherhood. So now we have the Muslim Brotherhood in uh, in Egypt running the show and we're happy about it. It's like it's great. Hillary's like, yeah, this is fantastic. No, these guys are good. I don't recall them ever being good. I just don't. No, 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 and no then, never. And then the other day... They're the guys who murdered the German tourists. Yes. <laughs> just to prove a point. And then the other day we had a terrorist visiting the State Department, a known terrorist who came as a part of an Egyptian delegation. Uh, he got into the White House. How did he get into the country? With a visa. TSA. With a visa. Check this out. A visa. He's a member of the Gama al-Islamia terrorist group, a, a certified uh, on the list in America as a terrorist group, and the questions were raised at the State Department in my favorite uh, Victoria Newland's little spokeshole meetings there, and she said, well, I'll get back to you on that. I'll figure out how that happened. That was obviously a mistake. So everyone comes back to it. This is a little longer clip, but it's well worth listening to, and people are saying, hey, uh, you not only gave a visa to a, a member of a known terrorist organization, they were in the White House. How is that possible? Can I go back to Egypt for just one second? Mm-hmm. And it, this is Matt, by the way. Love that guy. But it's not that to do with the government. It has to do with uh, the visa for the Gama uh, Islamia member. You said last week that there was a, you were looking into the circumstances of how this was issued. Has, has, have you determined how this, um, uh, how it happened? And are you aware that um, uh, uh, Representative King has asked, uh, formally asked, 
Homeland Security to find out, you know, to 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 find out how he was in fact allowed entry, quite apart from separate from the visa issue. Mm -hmm. On the latter, yes, I've seen the reporting. Um, as we promised, we did uh, look into it. Unfortunately, you're not going to be happy with me when I tell you that we are not going to get into the details of uh, <laughs> confidential visa issuance. <laughs> what? What? You, you, you're not going to tell us about it? Uh, he and the rest of that delegation who were here last week have all now returned to Egypt. Um, a mistake <coughs> to have issued him a visa, given that he is self-proclaimed a member of Gamay Islamia? Well, let's start with the fact that uh, we have an interest in engaging a broad cross-section of Egyptians who are seeking uh, to peacefully shape Egypt's future. Really? Who says? How do we know this? This is the Muslim Brotherhood. They, they, they have killed people. Uh, the goal of this delegation, as you know, was to have consultations both uh, with think tanks, but also with government folks, uh, with a broad spectrum representing all the colors of Egyptian politics. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Get to the point where you won't tell us. Liberals, Islamists, Salafists, women, Bedouin, Christians. We were encouraged that they were willing to travel, that they were open to meetings with us, etc. Um, but in terms of specific questions on the visa issuance, I'm not going to, I'm not at liberty to get into anything. Well, here's the, so, um, the question, and I don't think it's an unreasonable question, it's, it's whether it's a mistake to let somebody who is a self-proclaimed member of such a group in or not. It may be that the threshold under the law is higher and that you have to do more than just say, hey, I'm a member of X. You actually have to have a card or, I don't know, pay dues. I mean, maybe there are... There a t-shirt? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that? So, you know what did she say? So, so the guy says, maybe it's not enough to just say, hey, I'm a terrorist, because that's what the guy said. He's a self-proclaimed member of this group. Maybe you have to have a card or a, a certification. And then Newland says, or a T-shirt. Oh. So apparently you, you have a T-shirt that says I'm a terrorist. Uh, otherwise, you're good to go on the visa. I can't believe this. This pisses me off. I'm trying to get my future wife a visa, and I'm, I'm in like some kind of holding pattern, wait, you know, waiting for the good graces of Janet Napolitano's Department of Homeland Security. And this woman works here and makes money, and we pay taxes, but you're letting you know, a terrorist with a T-shirt in. Uh, you know, I bet he has one, but um, but the question is whether it, this is a mistake or not, regardless of, nobody's asking you about the specific details of the issuance, or, you know, it's just, did you make a mistake? Again, with regard to this case, uh, we pledged to you that we would look into it, we did look into it, but I can't get into any further details with regard to the how, why, where of the issuance for all of the hey, reasons. That this is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they asked me some question. Uh, John, um, what, what, what would the topic be? Can I, is there a particular oh, topic? Uh, you know, oh, I, uh, I, got, I, got, I got it, I got it, I got it. Did you get a, a free a Nexus 7 tablet at Google I.O. yesterday? Well, let me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to look into it. Okay, now a week later. Uh, John, you were going to look into that uh, that thing. You were going to tell me if you had actually received yeah, yeah. a free... No, I said I was going to look into yeah. it. I looked into it, and, and that's that. Yeah, but did you actually receive... No, I looked into it. But did you get... I said a... I was going to look into it. I looked into it. Yeah, but, you, but you can't tell me. I mean, is there some kind of... No, there's no reason. That, no, I, was, I said I was going to look into it. I looked into it, and that's all I can say. So that's exactly what's going on. Because they don't want... This is going to explode. Now... 
here's what's kind of freaky. I was, uh, you know, I've been, I'm very interested in this Fast and Furious case, not about the actual, you know, just the whole process, the contempt of Congress, what does it mean? And I, I really don't like Eric Holder, and I base that on really just looking at the guy saying, you're a douchebag. You know, I'm old enough to look at people and go, douchebag. You know, you, you know what that is, right, John? You know, that's... That's how we vote. Yeah, you get better when you get really yeah. old. When you get older, the older you get, the easier it is to spot them. Look at that guy, douchebag. And so, um, remember I talked about the holy, uh, what was it called? The, um, uh, was it the Holy Land lawsuit? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this the other day. It's the, um, the Holy Land document. So, in 2007... Um, they found that there were, you know, like 25 or 30, um, nonprofit organizations operating in the United States run by the Muslim Brotherhood who were, who were collecting money and were sending that money, uh, to, uh, Hezbollah and, you know, other terrorist groups. So they were breaking the law. And, um, what, what happened is they found, uh, you know, boxes of just all of these front organizations, all the documents, all the bank boxes, I think they're called. And um, the, if, you, if you research this a little bit, which I've, which I've done, there were a number of unindicted persons and organizations who basically skipped out on getting prosecuted. And I didn't know, I didn't even know about this at all until a couple of weeks ago, like a week ago. But while I'm listening to the Fast and Furious stuff on C-SPAN, Gomert, during the Fast and Furious Ask the, uh, uh, he's from Arizona. Ask this question. There is a political aspect to this office. It offends me beyond belief. Your job is justice, Mr. Attorney General. It's justice across the board. And that is what's been so troublesome around here. When we made a request a year ago here for the documents that your department has produced to people who were convicted of supporting terrorism. They're terrorists. And we wanted the documents you gave to the terrorists. We're a year later and we still don't have them. Why in the world would your department be more considerate of the terrorists than of the people who are members of Congress who can vote to just completely defund your department. It makes no sense. So, in so this, I will ask again, no. and, and there is no room for a response that, well, it's an ongoing investigation. So, so uh, it was the whole... By the way, Gomer's from Texas. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Franks is from Arizona. Yeah, Gomer's from Texas. It was the Holy Land Foundation. And so they had all, this, uh, all these documents. There was a lawsuit. People were convicted. Um, and they showed all of the evidence... To the uh, defendants, but, but I guess they've been trying to get these documents to find out what other organizations, uh, I don't know, perhaps tied to the Saudis who were so in bed with these days, uh, what other uh, organizations were a part of this were un, uh, unnamed defendants. So now he's asking for it, and of course Holder is going to give his typical douchebag answer. Well, some of these may be classified. I'm asking for the documents your department produced to the terrorists supporters convicted in the Holy Land Foundation trial, can we get those documents, just the ones that you gave to the terrorist defendants? Well, certainly you can have access to those things that are on the public record that were used in the trial. Um, I was also a judge. 
I sat in this uh, Washington, D.C. So is that a yes or a no that we will get those documents? Uh, as I said, I was also a judge and understand the <laughs> anguish that you um, go through. And just make clear up one thing with regard to the political aspect of this job. Uh, yeah, I- blah, blah, blah. So he's, he's not going to give the documents. Then we get Franks from Arizona, and he even lays it out a little more clearly. Thank you, General. Uh, Mr. Holder, on uh, April 27th, 2011, uh, members of this committee asked you to give us information surrounding the decision by justice to forego prosecution of the unindicted co-conspirators in the Holy Land Foundation case. Uh, this is the largest terrorism finance case, of course, in U.S. history. Now, you, re- you refused to comply with this request, and you still not uh, uh, produced uh, uh, or, or you're still not prosecuted despite there being what many consider to be a mountain of evidence against these jihadist groups, and at least one of which now says that it's working inside your agency to help advise on the purge of counterism, uh, counterterrorism training materials. <laughs> Wait a minute. We have terrorists inside the Department of Justice? That's what he just said. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. And, and this would be uh, ISNA, I-S-N-A, uh, forget what it stands for, and CARE, C-A-I-R. Yeah. And these people are um, are now... Well, advi- CARE is a notorious operation that's been around for... And they've, they've done a great job of keeping their hands clean. And they... Well, uh, yeah, if they're being helped by the Attorney General himself, by these documents being... Held on to, I want me some documents. I want to read some stuff. So anyway, so this, I'm bothered by all of this because I I don't, you know, I've never really looked at this angle of what's going on. I've never really, you know, Saudis, yeah, whatever. I thought that was just a Bush thing. And then it turns out, you know, Clinton. And now, uh, and now we see with this, this statement, uh, uh, the Obama administration, (sighs) Well, you know, it's just, just a bunch of incompetent boneheads. Or, you know, people working against the interests of, best interests of the uh, United States. One of the two. Well, uh, ISNA is the Islamic Society of North America. There you go. So anyway, I thought the Huma thing was, uh, was very interesting. That really, you know, her, her mom having worked with the new president of, the, uh, of Egypt kind of puts th- things into a perspective. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Thanks for your input, John. <laughs> I'm gonna show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Show me the documents. In the morning. We show our documents by thanking our donors, um, including uh, some anonymous fellow says anonymous in Hamburg, Deutschland. Wow. Hundred fifty dollars. Um, I've enjoyed NA for some time, and recently my wife also started started listening. This is good. We agree that your podcast is the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> we find ourselves commenting on events of the day with no agenda jingles from time to time. <laughs> we love to propagate the formula more, but it's difficult to get people hooked quickly as we feel it takes a few episodes to get your premises. Your rapport and some of the longer-term themes are also difficult to uh, understand to newcomers. Hey, listen, so we- a short <laughs> promo episode might be a good idea. We, you know, show 200.5. Yeah, we don't really understand it either, just so you know. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Love the show. Here's some value for value. Finally, he needs a de-douching for the, him and his wife, and give yourselves a... Uh, some summer donation karma. <laughs> You've been de-douched. 
You've got karma. Roy Pingle in Brooklyn, New York, 11111. Thanks for the great shows, incisive decoding, and mentioning of Katastroika. Yeah, that's the uh, the, the documentary we talked about. Right, right. And Webster Tarpley. <laughs> I love that guy. You know, guy. he. I. You know, uh, God forbid, right? God forbid. But uh, but if if you were to be removed from the picture, uh, I could work with him. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I know that type of guy. You can't work with him. By the way, John, my wife, 10-year-old son, and I are going to be in Washington State for 10 days in mid-August. We would lo- we love nature, play, and hiking around. We'll spend value for value. Any suggestions about lodgings and things to do would be greatly appreciated. A new donor could use some karma and some huntsman rap. All right, we can uh, do that. You've got karma. You got any ideas for him? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah if he sends me an email, Dvorak at, uh, John at Dvorak.org. I'll uh, give him some, some, some advice. Roman Andrusco in Bradford, Ontario, $111. The karma works. The karma works. <laughs> Last, I requested some karma for both my relationship and job search. I had lost my girlfriend, Julie. Sure, I was sure I'd never get her back. And luck would, as luck would have it, we got back together and with things being much better. Plus, for my job search, I've landed an amazing career with a great company with great people. I would like to ask for a MILF for Julie because she is amazingly hot. Send pictures. And more karma for both Julie and I to keep things happy. Oh, very nice. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. Uh, Sir Howard Gutnecht or Gutnecht in Seattle, Washington. Gutnecht. Gutneck. Gutneck, he says. Yeah, he says it's Gutneck. Gutneck, yeah. Uh, $110, uh, but it's probably really Gutnecht. Yeah. Double nickels on the dime, uh, apparently twice. Keep up the fireworks, John and Adam. Please uh, tell me when your ring size is 50. No, 13. <laughs> anyway, he needs a, uh, does he need anything? No, no. Good. Good man. Yeah. Michael Stadjahar. In the Arab Emirates, or no, or, or AP, some, he's military, somewhere. Military. He's military somewhere. Here's my next payment, aiming for a 12, 12, 12 knighthood. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> Equinox Publishing, Mark Hanus in Toledo, Ohio, $100. To figure out how to make your emails mobile friendly. He needs to, we got to work on that. I'm surprised they're not. He's, uh, I forwarded you an Here's what happened. He's been talking. He's been sending me emails for weeks, saying, but he, he's been kind of like, it sucks. You know, one of these, I'm like, yeah, you know, fix your thing. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And then he'd send, a, you know, and basically the font is too small. And finally, he sent me the way he wants it. And I said, well, so you just want the font bigger? He said, yeah, but you know, you need to fix this. Rah. I thought you wait a minute. I thought with these these little phones, you put your hand on there and. You know, Makes it bigger. Yeah, so apparently it looks like crap on the iPhone. Well, and, I mean, this is done through the, well, through the MailChimp so, system. I, so this is what I told him. I said, look, this is MailChimp. And it's, I know from experience it's not really easy to get John to you know pull up the hood on things like this. And by the way, I wouldn't want to do it either. And he says, so he sends me an email back. He says, ah, he, there's a template. You can add a special template for mobile friendly. And I sent you that link. And he said, and by the way, I'm kicking in 100 bucks to convince John to go take a look at that. Mm. 
Okay, I will. And he wants El Cid hold on, hold on. He wants a milf for his smoking hot soon to be ex-wife. Yeah, gee, I wonder why she's going to be your ex-wife. That's <laughs> yeah. one mother I'd like to. You may want to consider your approach to problems. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, this this dinner sucks. sucks. Your dinner it blows. Stinks. It sucks. No good. El Cid Campeador in Sepulpa, Oklahoma, $100. Uh, from the fifth column, a round of karma for both of you and the people who need it. I'm giving a bit extra since donations are down. Keep up the excellent work. Thank you so much, El Cid. Highly appreciated. You've got karma. Anonymous in Mill Valley, California, 100 bucks. Second donation. Please keep me anonymous. Okay, anonymous. Thank uh, you. Rodney Staben, Houston Text Nuts, $100. <laughs> Hi, John and Adam. Adam, here's a little something to help pay for the luggage fees at Bush. Is that what it's called? I guess. <clears throat> the airport in Austin is Bush? It's George. No, no. In uh, Dallas is uh, George Bush. Oh, I thought it was Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, maybe it's Houston. I'm sorry. Houston. I Dallas. Houston was Love Field. If there's anything left over, doubtful, but you never know, get John a little something from the duty-free shop. <laughs> okay. Yeah, do that. Some cognac. Some cologne. Mahish. Some Old Spice. Haraharan. 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 Calgary, Alberta, the rich province, $100. Damien Taman, Sir Damien, to you. Perth, Perth, our favorite town. Can I get a karma booster shot? I need karma for a transfer to a new position. You've got karma. Sure. Dealing with superstitious baseball players. Andrew Lemonsani. 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 Colorado Springs, 69-69, and it continues. <laughs> Boots on the ground in Colorado Springs, and yes, our poor city is on fire. Tuesday was the worst so far. Ash rained down on my house as erratic winds pushed upwards of 60 miles an hour. This is a Boots on the ground report. Yeah. The fire finally hit the city around sunset, but didn't proceed far. Rumors abound. Word on the street was over 20 fires were found and extinguished in the area over the preceding few days, suggesting arson. Oh, yeah. No, no. This will be Al-Qaeda. This is what John McCain's always been on. He's like, Al-Qaeda going to set for brush fires. You watch. You watch. You, can, you don't, don't even put it in the red book because it's, this is what will happen. Al-Qaeda My did it. My heart breaks as I watch my mountain smolder. Keep your blankets, but please send water. Uh, June 28th is birthday. I'll take a little rain. Karma, if you can make it happen. Oh, yeah. I'd love to do that for you, my friend. You've got karma. Mark Branson in Crook, Durham, uh, North Carolina, or Durham, England? Crook, Durham, England, obviously. Uh, 6969. Hey there, John and Adam. Coming faithfully in with 6969, hoping to pop up, prop up the donations, loving the shows of late. The 2012 Olympics and drone stuff is exciting yet terrifying. I have a huge request, which I'd be extremely grateful if I get a plug for my smoking hot girlfriend, Kim's University Animation. It's doing great in the Virgin Media Short Awards. If I can get a quick plug for everyone to go spend two minutes, go to virginmediashorts.co.uk. Is it a Virgin Media Shorts? What has Virgin Media got to do with any of this? They're, uh, they're sponsoring this. Um, I actually saw the video. It's pretty cool. It's called, it's called Cycles. Yeah. So uh, I think Virgin Media, when you start it, it says, like, you know, promoting independent talent worldwide or something. But she can win, like, a lot of money. She can win 30,000 pounds. 
Yeah, it's a healthy donation. You can go to the best podcast in the universe, an instant night and dame in the very least. And as always, appreciative of the work you guys do so we don't have to at the very best or give all the very best to your buddy Mark Ranson. All right. Full Cycles Film link and some uh, pictures. We'll put them in the show notes. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give him some winning karma. Win! You've got karma. Kevin Webb in Carrollton, Texas, 69-69. My wife is a career educator with a master's degree and the pedigree to be a stellar administrator. Unfortunately, the recession has slowed her progress to the ultimate goal as school president or principal. Mm. About three months ago, my wife learned her job in education was being eliminated. They don't need principals anymore? I decided to throw a few of my night payments into the karma bucket and see what happened. Donation number one, the wife was admitted to the previously inaccessible interview process to become principal candidate. Donation number two, the wife was given stellar marks in the interviews and given a spot in the pool of potential candidates. Donation number three, the wife is offered a new, better job as school principal. Why the hell am I wasting all this karma on her? (laughs) Give me a shot, please. You've got karma. Really? Just give her some flowers. That's a good one. <laughs> that was edited down, I believe, by yeah. Buzz Kill. Yeah, good job, Buzz. Dwayne, Sir Dwayne Melanson and Tigard. Tigard. He's, he's all over the place. <laughs> Again, comes in with 6226. So this is, we read him earlier. Uh, he mentions that uh, to accept the karma from him and pass some along to Miss Mickey. You two deserve a good fortune for sure. Sorry, I'll miss meet up in... Uh, Amsterdam I used to live in Linden, Leiden, Linden. I think it means Leiden. Yeah, yeah. And was looking for an excuse to get back there. I'll be in Australia that week. John, keep up the great work on Twitter. We need more in the morning jingle time. All right, so give yourself a karma. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Good weather, karma. We've got karma. Be nice if we had good weather. Dmitry Fedoseyev in London. Fedoseyev. Fedoseyev. He's Fedoseyev. A, sixty dollars. You'd like some karma for the Syrian people? They need it. You've got karma. Philip Flick, Sir Philip Flick to you is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 5555. Go ahead and douchebag me for being impatient. I'm about to move to Santa Fe at the end of July, and I didn't want some douchebag to get my night ring. I already mailed Mimi at the new address to get the ball rolling. I wanted to say that the karma worked, and I'm working on my new job at the Buffalo Thunder Resort Casino. I can see what strings I can pull to get a good deal on a room for Adam and Mickey. <laughs> if all you happen to get to is New Mexico. I'd like to request a huntsman karma for my fiance who took her step two medical exam sincerely. Adam, I think you should take the day off and enjoy your wedding. You know, i got to tell you, uh, it won't matter much. I don't think donations, you know, will you know by then will be what is it uh, second week of July. Um, I get. I think we see more people saying take the week off than people that say we need you. I think. I think they're wrong. By the way, I think if 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 you have if you miss one or two no agenda shows, I think you'll have a real a real problem. Yeah, and we you actually lose audience. You lose audience. We, how much audience will we, will we really lose audience? Yeah, you always do. You cannot. I mean, if you ran a rerun, an old classic like show, what was that show we did on the on the pipeline? Three eighty one, three eighty one, three eighty one. Is that it? Yeah. If we reran that show, for example, and then maybe ran show two hundred point five for two days, I think that would be okay because people, you know, some people haven't heard those shows. Well, let us know. A lot what, of people never listen to two thousand two hundred five. Right. Well, let us know what you think. And also, someone yeah. sent me a, a clip show. Oh, did they? Yeah. They well, send it along to me so I can listen to it. <laughs> For your approval? 
Yeah. Okay, Huntsman Karma. Here we go. You've got karma. I'll tell you one thing. I know my wife would be very happy if I uh, wasn't uh, working during the entire week. I think you'd probably start getting the shakes, to be honest about it. Uh, Jonathan Rose. Oh, your buddy in Tel Aviv. Oh, this is the guy who called me the Holocaust denier. Yeah, you're a douchebag by his standards. <laughs> 5555, he came in. Oh. This is for Adam's Islamism epiphany on oh. show 420. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is really transparent. So I. <laughs> and he's apologizing. He says he apologizes for calling Adam a Holocaust denier. He's not. Please oh. at least read the documents. I sent an email regarding Akhamandinejad's wipe Israel off the map, quote, misquote. I don't believe in karma and I don't need a de-douching because I recognize I'm a douche. <laughs> and I'll remain one. <laughs> I don't agree with you guys on everything, but I find the show entertaining eh, and challenging. And once in a while, you guys come up with some truly inspired stuff. Once in a while. Keep it up. Well, now I'm conflicted. Because, you know, part of me says... You know, you can't just like buy me off and make me feel good with a with a donation. He's, he's, he's begging for a douching. Yeah, but he, but he called me a Holocaust denier. That's a oh, that's, poor baby. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you know what happens when you get called that? It sticks around forever, and then someone will Google one day and be like, "Hey, wait a minute. Hey, he's wait an anti-Semite. <laughs> this guy. Then why I ought to go kick his ass." Sir Ray Jacobson in Ashton, Virginia. Double nickels on the dime. When does karma happen? As we all know, karma evaporates in about seven days. My first brush with karma was back in January. I was a couple of weeks behind listening to the shows. Adam bestowed karma over me via a podcast which was broadcast two weeks prior. Within a few days of listening, I won an iPad at a trade show. <laughs> Woo! Obviously, this was good karma. My most recent brush with karma, I was up to date with my shows, and Adam bestowed karma. And within the seven days of the show, I got a letter from the Department of Corrections. Usually not good news. I opened the letter to find a court-ordered restitution payment for items stolen from my car over two years ago. Again. This was good karma. Not every donation results in clear signs of karma, but I, I think more data is needed to investigate when karma occurs. Does it occur when you listen to the show or does it occur when the show is broadcast? I highly recommend we get to the bottom of this phenomenon. Everyone should donate over $50. Double nickels on the dime has been known to work as well as $1,100 and report back if your karma occurs within seven days of the broadcast. Or, or listening. Huh. Listening. Oh, that's interesting. Another shot of karma. Yeah, well, I'm happy to give it to you. Your count starts now. You've got karma. One, two, three. The clock is running. Sir S. Russell Williams in Boise, Idaho. Double nickels on the dime. We need some ring karma. Getting to see some fellow Noah Jenna listeners while on holiday in July. I would like to get my ring by July 10th so I can show it off to them. And if you can please, we'll try to expedite something. And uh, I'm, uh, we're going we're gonna to be going through Boise, I believe, on the 2009 Hot Pockets Tour. If we get a trailer lined up, Boise is on the map. You've got karma. Podcast for Peace, Alamo, California. 5150. Abundance karma, please. <laughs> You've got karma. Good old Alan Martin in Brandon, Florida, $50. Peter Totes from Sir Peter Totes, uh, that is, $50. Tom Mulroy in uh, Ohio. I recently was called out as a boner by my son Pete. 
oh. Pete to teach. And I'm now making good by passing along some of Pete's next birthday money as value for value reprisal. I love it. Um, anyway, uh, if you could pass along anniversary wishes to Pete the Teach and his beautiful wife, Josefa, that would be fab. Another reason for my writing is that I was forced retiree from IT at a regional financial processing company in the Midwest, Gitmo Rust. I was an application engineer responsible for telephone banking applications, basic account processing, and bill payment processing. In response to your request for some background on the banking failure story out of England, I would have to go along with the supposition that this is a test run for studying bank failure response. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, indeed. I like it. As John mentioned, these applications have the shit tested out of them before they get anywhere near a production environment. Even with the extensive testing, er errors can still find their way into production applications. Toward this end, all applications were on source control systems that would provide a mechanism for backing application back to their previous state. While these backup huh. procedures could be tedious, they could be implemented within a day or two and restore the application back to its prior image. As a matter of fact, fear of the FDIC FDICs <laughs> was the primary force behind most of these processes and procedures. Huh. I'm not totally sure what powers the F dicks carried out, but everyone was scared of the shit of those guys, the shit out of those, or they were scared shit of those guys. Quite the fun bunch, by the way. So, this is good stuff. By yeah, the way. no, this is very good. And I'm thinking maybe some of those ATM uh, failures or, uh, or non-connections are also testing uh, lack of cash response by the slaves. This is, I'm, I'm or a five-day failure, as noted in the story, is inconceivable. Thank you. Thank you. Any bank, which you caught, any banking problems that resulted in customer inability to access their cash or account info were totally unacceptable. It resulted in all hands, all hours effort on Either correction or rollback procedures. I do not think the loss of back, bank assets, which is my theory, theft, embezzlement, poor management scenario is probable. Again, because regulatory organizations, FDICs, would never buy into a cover-up of that kind of magnitude. Well, John scoffed at the virus Stuxnet flame scenario. It may have as much credibility as any other explanation because none of them application problems, etc. Even the four- to five-day test failure is hard for me to imagine. The only other scenario I can see is just a totally inept company that had total disregard for accepted institutional practices and regulatory procedures. Very interesting. Note. Well, there's been a, you know, we've had a lot of interesting failures. Listen to this. June 1st, Facebook outage, which never really, no one really explained what it was. June 7th, Gmail outage. June 11th, Berkeley campus power outage. June 14th, Amazon Web Services outage. June 14th, Samsung production lines in Seoul outage. 19th of June, NatWest. That was the so-called software upgrade. 20th of June, Southwest Airlines power outage. Uh, 20th of June, Petrochemical Complex in Singapore power outage. Uh, 22nd of June, Twitter outage. Cascading fail, whatever that is. Uh, June 29th, iCloud, iTunes, and iMessage outage. That's a lot in one month. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're, they're maybe this, he might be right. There may be testing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to thank Tom for that note and also his I'm donation. Just gonna, I'm giving some karma just for that note. I don't know if he asked for yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good note. Yeah. You've got... 
karma. Great note. Because so this is the kind of notes we would, we would like to see more of, which is people that are inside the business uh, telling us what's going on. And finally, our last donor today, uh, or over $50 donor, that is, John Kemp from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have a few others, but uh, these are the unanonymous ones. And want to thank them and everybody else who donated. It's lesser amounts uh, to remember that you do support the show. The show is done because you help keep it going with, with these donations. Yeah, actually, Go to org slash NA, channeloforwork.com slash NA, noagendashow.com, and noagendanation.com, and click on the donate buttons on those sites. Yeah, I wanted to pull uh, one out of the stack. Uh, John the Trucker says, I just signed up for the dollar an hour, $4 a week giving level, which I think should be 5 Um you might want to consider adding a couple more weekly amounts for folks like me who feel like $50 at one shot is just too much, but $10 a week might not be too much of a hardship. I was actually considering doing four separate $5 a month transactions four weeks in a row when I realized that the dollar an hour was a weekly withdrawal. I'm on vacation this week myself, falling behind, but I always catch up on NA eventually. Best podcast in the universe. Thank you, John the Trucker. So I appreciate that. With all the, the weekly donations, the smaller ones are extremely important, particularly again in these summer months. Just having that stuff uh, carry over uh, really does help us. And uh, we are, I've just got to beg for it one more time. Hot we are looking for a trailer in the uh, Texas, uh, preferably Austin area, uh, to borrow for about three weeks uh, for our 2009 Hot Pockets tour, uh, which will take us through Colorado, Montana. Actually, we're going to do Kansas, uh, Boise. Uh, some of that. Utah as well. Utah. Uh, so we're going to go up and come back down. It'd be great if you could help us out with that. Uh, and of course, uh, this is value for value. <clears throat> the only way we make it work is without commercials because no way, no way would anyone want to advertise on a show with a uh, with an accused Holocaust denier. You know, uh, sponsors would be running away. Would they not, John? We have no sponsors. It's not just that. It's everything. We, we talk about the banks, which you can't do. <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes the, yeah, no. But you can't talk about clippity-clop, Lucifer. You can't that, talk about those, pharmaceuticals. Because it's, it's disrespectful. Yeah, and farm <laughs> Really? And pharmaceuticals. Yeah, you, show, you show very little respect for Hillary Clinton. I wonder why. Dvorak.org slash N-A. It's his birthday, birthday, I, 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 Happy birthday, uh, Mark Hanus. Congratulates his wife. Uh, she celebrates tomorrow. And Andrew Lemesini, Lemesini, congratulates himself. He is celebrating today. Happy birthday, y'all, from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And then we do have one knight to bring in who came in as our uh, number one uh, executive uh Producer, I believe Matt, right? Yeah, Matt. So it's uh, just uh, it's a sharp. Uh. All right, Matt, my friend, please step forward, kneel, and extend your middle finger or your ring finger, whichever one you feel like, because we'll be slipping a Noah Jenna night ring on that last chance to dance before we hit the uh, deadline for that at the end of this year, if the world is still around. So I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Matt's. Night of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. Come on over, buddy. There's a chair right here for you. We got some hookers and blows, some rent boys and chardonnay. We got some hot pants and booze. Or if you'd like, just some nice breast milk. Welcome, my friend. So my my browser crashed. Oh. 
Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That blows. So, uh, um, I was while we were talking about that banking thing, I was wondering if anything had happened in St. Louis. If there had been any banking ATM failures in St. Louis, I, don't, I mean, when you if you if you Google St. Louis ATM failure, it's not really a, a good search term. But I know we have slaves out there in St. Louis. Have you had any problems? Have they been? Does it look like they've been testing how you'll respond if things are shutting down? Because there's something wacky going on in St. Louis. They got military um, performing training missions on the street. Wasn't just a few? Wasn't this like a month ago? No, no. Here it is. Good evening. It's a military mission in North St. Louis. Heavily armored vehicles are rolling into town, and while they come in peace, there are all kinds of rumors about why they are here. News Channel Five's Casey Nolan is live somewhere in St. Charles County, where he got an up close look at the military vehicles. Casey. Yeah, Mike, in order to get that up-close look, we've agreed not to say exactly where in St. Charles County we are tonight. What is that? In order to get a close-up look, we had to agree not to say where we are, so now it's like a secret base in St. Louis? And where these vehicles will be parked overnight. The Army doesn't want that information to be made public for security reasons, uh. but we can tell you why what? they are here. Now, yeah, for security reasons. Wait, this is the army. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, you'll hear the whole report. Hey, we're going to we don't worst camp Pendleton, I got to go check in. Oh, we can't tell you where the camp is because we're scared to death it's going to be attacked. <laughs> what? This may not be such a huge deal that these rigs are in town if not for the speculation that was coming via the internet today. St. Louis uh. police first put out the word that people may see these armored security vehicles in their neighborhood, especially near the Army Reserve Armory in North St. Louis on Goodfellow. But that was about all the information they released. On the KSDK Facebook page, in just a few hours, we had more than 100 people weighing in on what was going on, with comments ranging from people saying they would stop and salute if they saw the vehicles, to others worried this was the- <laughs> How stupid are they? <laughs> hey, look, there's the video. The Army's taking over our town. I'm going to stop and salute. The beginning of martial law. Well, it turns out... This is a group of military police in from Fort Meade, Maryland, and they are here to train members of the 354th MP company here in St. Louis on how to drive these rigs, a military's driver's ed of sorts, if you will, <laughs> on the highways and on city streets. They are not loaded. They are not armed in any way, but the Army says that does not mean they aren't dangerous. Huh. That vehicle is over 32,000 pounds. If they see that vehicle... It is harmless, but they need to know to stay away from it. <laughs> stay away from the vehicle, slaves. Hello, citizens of St. Louis. Stay away from the vehicles. We are here only for a drill. This is a drill. I repeat, only a drill. Do not be alarmed and stay away from the vehicle. And salute me, you stupid slaves! Well, that sounds a lot better than your other attempts at this at that voice. We don't mind you all looking at it, but please stay away. Uh, every day while we're out riding around, we get hundreds of people taking pictures and filming us. Oh, don't film us. And a lot of people even swerving in our lane. In fact, they were on Interstate 44 today coming in from Fort Leonard where they say they had one man trying to drive and take pictures at the same time. They had a kind of a, a last-minute unintended uh, class in evasive maneuvers to avoid a wreck. So their warning, be careful around what is an unusual sight in St. Louis. Be careful around the unusual sight. Be careful. This is just an unusual sight. All is well. Please proceed to your FEMA camp. 
like this thing. It sounds pretty good now. What is it? What are you doing? I got a megaphone. Oh, that's it? Please proceed to the FEMA camp. John C. Dvorak. Now I have to get a megaphone. (laughs) You have a slide whistle. Hey, you with a slide whistle. Get in the camp. You have a slide whistle. I get a megaphone. You go entertain the slaves in the camp. Get in there, slide whistle boy. Dancing monkey boy. Actually, I think I do have a uh, uh, somewhere in the basement. I got one of those. I have the one that had a bunch. Of, it has a bunch of buttons that plays music. <laughs> oh, you've got a you've got a deluxe model. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 that's pretty, you're supposed to take to a football game, and it'll play all kinds of jingles and stuff. You know, it's got to be the most annoying thing in the world to be around somebody with that. Well, thing. this one has like a vo- vocoder, so you can change it. So it's like, hello, slaves. Hello, slaves. Hello, slaves. Hello, 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 hello. Turn off the vo- turn off the voice cord and just sound what was supposed to sound like plain. I don't, I don't know if I can. One two, hold on. One two. One, one two. One one two. One two. No, I think the setting I had was good. Whatever it is, this is the setting. This is the setting that sounds good. I like this a lot. Yeah, everything has to be prefaced with "Hey, citizen." <laughs> hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. With your slide whistle. Someone sent me a funny clip, actually, I wanted to play. Uh, Bob Hope, one of the, uh, I have to say, one of the funniest guys, if you like old school humor. It's a movie he did. <sighs> Something wrong with my thing here. Uh, listen to this. I want to see if I can play this. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Oh, horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty funny. That's a good one. (laughs) I I don't know what movie that's from, but I liked it. So there's uh, the Russia Today people. I've listened to a lot of Russia Today. They're getting a little sensitive, and they're also doing a bunch of uh, – they've decided to turn on uh, the American media and everybody that's critical of them and and defend themselves. And, and, and a lot of their stories are very, you know, essentially – they're now they're, they're becoming more – they're it's becoming more of a, like a nasty operation. But I got the biggest kick out of the Russia Today uh, tirade. It was just kind of a – even though – you're right, by the way. Abby Martin can't read a prompter. No, she's she sucks, and she's only and she's actually quite pretty when she puts on that big smile. She's, she's very pretty, smile. but she needs to show her legs, and she needs a lesson in prompter reading. And, and she needs to work on her. Prompter. And we are the guy, and she needs to be bleached. And we are the guys that can do this. I agree with that, and I, it's possible she's working with a, one of these cheap ass small prompters. You know, you've seen that. Oh, like on on a handheld. It's not even a yeah, proper one, studio just a camera. Cheap little dinky. You need the big prompter. You yeah. don't need these little no, things. No, you, that's what I think the problem might be. Yeah. But here's point. her rant. It, this is the RT gets defensive click. Uh, by the way, can I just say the analysis we just gave, right? That is valuable analysis because, you know, I think you're spot on. They have the wrong prompter. And look at this would be a uh, a $300 fix for RT to make better programming. Oh, and, of course, our $10,000 fee. But still, this is the kind of stuff we do, people. Hire us. Wednesday, June 27th, 4 p.m. in Washington, D.C. I'm Abby Martin, and you're watching RT. Here at RT, our motto is question more. 
And what that means more than anything is to critically think about what we're told by the main. Okay, stop, stop. We need a meeting. Who made up this stupid ass slogan? Question more. Yeah, she. This is new. This is, this is wrong. It it's wrong. Now it's on the logo, so it says RT. Question, question more. more. By the way. Do you notice that when she begins her read and she, she introduces herself and then she goes into her first read, she smacks her lips. Oh, She's really? done this numerous times. She's she a goes, lip smacker, It's like huh? this. She says, I'm John C. Dvorak, <laughs> and today we're going to talk about blah, blah, blah. I want to She listen. does it every time she makes a loud lip smack. Hmm. Very amateur. She has, but she has kind of luscious lips, if I recall. They're okay. Yeah, no, they're pretty, but they, they don't need to be going... No, they don't. Okay, so first of all, we're going to come up with a better slogan after we play the clip, but question more is not a catchy slogan. This would not sell sneakers, people. It's Wednesday, June 27th, 4 p.m. in Washington, D.C. I'm Abby Martin, and you're watching RT. No! Hear it? Yeah! Hey, she does Abby. it every show. Abby, stop with the lip smacking. Here at RT, our motto is question more. And what that means more than anything is to critically think about what we're told by the mainstream. RT offers a different perspective than the MSN and tends to host more adversarial journalism. Dare I say tapping into the roots of what real journalism should be. People all over the world are tuning in because they want to see real reporting done about America's domestic and foreign policy. According to a recent study, RT leads all other channels on the level of people watching daily. Oh, really? No, no. Oh, oh you missed the punchline. Yeah. You stepped on it. You got to back up and listen to this because when she says that more people listening daily, then there's a little punchline that you, oh, I'm you'll sorry. crack I'm up. sorry. I'm sorry. Dare I say tapping into the roots of what real journalism should be. People all over the world are tuning in because they want to see real reporting done about America's domestic and foreign policy. According to a recent study, RT leads all other channels on the level of people watching daily in Canada. The channel's going... <laughs> in Canada. In Canada. And she just rushes past that little, that little tidbit. All right. Who's writing the copy? In Canada. You're fired. Popularity hasn't come without controversy. Remember the Naked News? Is that still around? Yeah. The Naked News is still around, I think. The Naked News. I check it about once a year. Oh, whoa, whoa. RT is the state-run English-speaking Russian channel. It's kind of like Al Jazeera. <laughs> the Kremlin already controls domestic television. Now it's going after the international audience to repair a national image tarnished by war, corruption, and assaults on democracy. Under Vladimir Putin, freedom of the press was stifled as Kremlin-approved oligarchs bought up media outlets one after another. And none of those channels, including RT, is about to bite the hand that feeds them. Now, a lot of people say, yeah, RT does have spin because it's funded by the government of Russia. But let's examine the premise at work here. Glenn Greenwald wrote an article that sums it up pretty nicely, shining a light on the people and money behind the scenes. He asks, is there a rule that says it's perfectly okay for a journalist to work for a media outlet owned and controlled by a weapons manufacturer, like MSNBC and NBC, or owned by the U.S. and British governments, like the BBC, Stars and Stripes, as well as the Voice of America? Or how about owned by Rupert Murdoch and a Saudi prince, a.k.a. the benefactors of the Wall Street Journal and the so-called fair and balanced journalistic stylings of Fox News? Or what about the banking corporation with long-standing ties to right-wing governments that fund Politico? 
How about for-profit corporations whose profits depend on staying in the good graces of the U.S. government? Or by loyalists to one of the two major political parties in the U.S.? But it's apparently a violation of journalistic integrity to run a media outlet owned by the Russian government. So where did that rule come from? (laughs) So you never do a segment like this, by the way. This is the stupidest thing they could ever do. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It makes no sense at all that they're doing this. What an idiot. Uh, They need our help so badly. They really, really need our help. Hmm. Yeah, well, they, uh, it's Russia. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a joke. And when you're working on uh, some show, and especially on a cable company, and, and you're doing, and you're setting things up, and then they look at it on the monitors in the control room, they say, oh, my God, it looks like Russian TV. Yeah. It's used as a comment about, you know, you don't have enough, you, you like the wall behind, is right behind, right at your back. So, and you're, you're reading the news, and you have a wall behind you, about a foot behind you with a shadow on it. I mean, this is the kind of thing that's, that's mocked. And RT, which is using green screens mostly, they, I think they do have some one set. And it's just, uh, you know, it's rinky-dink. Yeah. And she's, she really, you're right, she just, her prompter reading is terrible. Yeah. We could help. We could help, and we'd be happy to do it. We have no shame. Be happy to do it. Well, I have a, a little thing talking about bogative news agencies. Um, and this is a, an audio thingy uh you know lz granderson you know who that is uh no so lz granderson he might have been a sports guy i don't know but he came from espn and lc lz l lima zulu lz granderson and he he was he worked on espn and at a certain point uh black guy yeah at a certain point, he uh, he shows up on CNN, and and they love him because he's kind of like you know hip looking. He's got a little dreadlocky thing going on, and he you know he talks you know like normal people, whatever. And he did this um, opinion piece, uh, which was written up on CNN.com, but also an audio, which I thought was more interesting. And it's about Fast and Furious, and, and and this is not about Fast and Furious, but about how we just need to shut up. And not question anything. And this kind of sums up, just like that, that clip did for RT, bunch of defensive, no prompter reading, no legs showing. This not is the d- same guy, you're telling me, this is the same guy who wrote an opinion article, article typed or titled, Ted Nugent should be in jail? That yeah, guy? that guy. That guy. Here's his... Uh, Sh- uh, shut up, slaving, he's black? Yeah. Here's his opinion piece, Don't Be Nosy. Has a little nice intro music, too. Ooh. Hello. Hello. We are a nosy country. Though to be fair, it's not entirely our fault. Between the 24-7 news cycle, social media, and reality TV, we have been spoon-fed other people's lies for so long, we now assume it's a given to know everything. And if there are people who choose not to disclose, they must be hiding something. Being told that something's none of your business is slowly being characterized as rude. And if such a statement is coming from the government... It seems incriminating. Times have changed. Yet, not everything is our business. <laughs> and in the political arena... By the way, this is coming from a guy who works at a news organization. There are things that should be and need to be kept quiet. Heads should roll because of the fast and furious debacle. We don't need every detail of that operation to be made public in order for that to happen. Uh, if it were an isolated sting, maybe. 
but it is at least the third incarnation of a gun-running scheme stretching across two administrations, which means we could be pressing to open Pandora's box. We do not want to open Pandora's box. Can you believe this? Can you believe this is coming from a news organization? This is, this is not, the problem with CNN and these other operations. About this, and certainly not about a bunch of other potentially scandalous things the federal government has been involved with. You see, freedom isn't entirely free. Oh, really? It also isn't squeaky clean. And sometimes, the federal government deems it necessary to get its hands dirty in the hopes of achieving something we generally accept as good for the country. Wait a minute, so it's okay? Like death of a border agent? Yeah, oh yeah. Such as the death of Osama bin Laden. Oh. <laughs> we danced. We cried. I did not dance and cry. But we did not make a very big deal about the secret operation that was executed. What? In pa- well, I made a big deal about it. What are you talking about? Everybody made a big deal about it. it was was huge. This guy under a rock? Yeah. Pakistan, without the permission of the Pakistani government, the Obama administration did what it thought was in the best interest of America. Much in the same way, Project Wide Receiver and Project Roadrunner, the earlier versions of Fast and Furious under W, were executed with the hope that they would do more good than harm. Hardly anyone in the public knows the finer points of these programs. Were they legal? Well, hell no. Were they effective? Who knows? By allowing guns to infiltrate Mexico's drug cartel, we thought we could trace them up the ladder to the leaders. Take off the head and the body dies. As for the innocent people who lost their lives... By the way, we don't even know that because we don't have the documents. We don't know anything about it. So yeah, we don't make, know anything. And by the way, let's get something up. straight. It's been, it's been discussed before. It was discussed in the hearings. Uh, in fact, I think it was Chaffetz that brought it up. Wide receiver, which was Bush's thing, was done, unlike uh, this other thing. The, the, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. It was done with Mexico's cooperation and permission. And two, the guns were given out to walk, but they were all stopped at the border. So this is bogus. This is like the argument you hear from guys who are apologists for this bull crap. And this guy, by the way, is an obvious douchebag. Mm-hmm. And curiously, they were the winner for online journalism from the National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association. <laughs> oh, well, I, I need so, that award. And he's defending Obama, and I'm just making the connection because Obama has this, I don't know, he was on the front cover of Newsweek saying he's a gay president. Connection? You tell me. 30 seconds to wrap it up. It gets better. Collateral damage. That's the uncomfortable backstory to the scandal. And there are likely other operations like it in our nation's history that we don't even have a clue about. And maybe for everyone's sake, we shouldn't. I understand the role of the press is to find out the truth, and I am thankful for it. But maybe it's better for us not to be so nosy, not to know everything, because to paraphrase the famous line from the movie, A Few Good Men, maybe we won't be able to handle the truth. For CNN Opinion, this is LZ Granderson. Douchebag! Unbelievable. You can't handle the truth. It's a corrupt situation they're trying to expose. There's no no great secret that's, you know, that's... Oh. They already admitted that they screwed up. How is this a bad thing? Do I get it? Finding out how they screwed up. Do I get it? Clip of the day. Clip of the day. That actually may be the clip of the month. What an idiot, huh? The guy works for a news organization. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he's the journalism of the honoree of, these, of this journalist association. I'm LG, I'm LZ Grandison, everybody. Shut up. Slave. Don't be so nosy, slave. Don't be nosy. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is this is your this is CNN. Yep. And he also is a commentator, I guess, for ESPN for doing what? Yeah, I have yeah, no that, idea. That's where he started. He's developed a passion for the National Hockey League. Uh, yeah, because they have great teeth. Uh, just a quick rundown, but we got to get out of here because uh, foosball is about to start. Um, very nice that the uh, the human resources here, the slaves of uh, UT Tejas here, my hometown, have uh, demonstrated uh, with a thousand dollars worth of gear how easy it is to distort the GPS signal, which <laughs> then can take over the drone. Uh, yeah, it's great. This is beautiful. Um, actually, I've met some people at UT. Uh, and I'm, it's, it, there's some really cool people who uh, who work at this uh, university. There's a, a nice little group of crazies, and these guys are awesome. And uh, this can only result in uh, in one thing, and you're not going to like it. Uh, but the government is going to shut off your GPS access. Can you imagine if all your smartphones? Oh, I won't be able to check in on Foursquare because I won't know where I am. But they're going to shut you down if this if this if, if people keep showing these easy hacks. Which is basically yeah, well, actually, what's that's not going to happen. But I can tell you what is going to happen. They're going to have a secondary system, the really good one. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're launching it as we speak. There's going to be a second uh, GPS up there. And, there's already a couple. I think the Chinese yeah, will put well, their the own Euro- up. Yeah, Russia Europeans, has its own. Yeah, Europeans have one. And there's a new drone, John. Woohoo! Gray Eagle. The gray, gray eagle. The gray eagle drone has officially been introduced. It has double the weapons capacity of the Predator. It features a heavy fuel engine for increased supportability in the field, equipped with triple redundant avionics, redundant flight controls and surfaces, electro-optical infrared, and synthetic aperture radar payloads. This is the bitch. Gray Eagle. Predator, move over. There's a new boss in town. And I can't wait until they test it. I will say we've added to the kill list, killlist.curry.com. U.S. drones attacked a house in Waziristan. Once again, as predicted, that would be the hotbed. We have 151 camps now uh, of uh, terrorists. Uh, So we killed six. Two others were wounded. Ooh, bad score. Bad score. But we got six more to add to the list. The General Atomics MQ-1C Gray Eagle has its own Facebook page. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't have a... I, I, I got Facebook. Hold on. Do you have Facebook? Wait a minute. You can't see it if you, if you have Facebook. No, there's certain pages they make public. They're auto-public. Let me see. Gray Eagle. Wow. But I don't. But this doesn't look like the right page. No, I don't see it. Well, I'll tell you which one it is. Hold on. Which one did I click on? Oh, you, yeah, right here. You type in Gray Eagle Drone. That's your search term. Gray Eagle Drone. And then you'll see it general at the bottom of the list, just above news. News for Gray Eagle, just above that. General Atomics MQ-1C Gray Eagle Facebook. You getting that on your list? No. It's the it's one, two, three, four, fifth one down. Yeah, I'm looking, buddy. Yeah. Mm. I'm not getting any, no, no joy here. Well, try putting the word Facebook into that search. Oh, wait a minute. There's an idea. Okay. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Got it. Yeah, right at the top. It's a beaut. Kind of looks like a predator, but bigger. It's huge. Wait, wait, wait. Let me like this. Can I like a big bulbous head. <laughs> I'm liking it. There you go. I just liked it. 
<laughs> I just like the gray eagle. <laughs> well, there's 74 likes so far, so I don't get that part. <laughs> yeah, one is talking about this. That would be me. So, sir, to interact with General Atomics MQ1C Gray Eagle, you need to sign up for Facebook first. I, I'm, I'm signed up, man. I got a Facebook account. Yeah, I know, and you put a like, so it's 75 now. Yep, let me just refresh. How come there's no dislike? Oh, now, now, now you're deep into it. Um, I do have a quick couple of things on the vaccine front. Uh, Hill and Knowlton is out uh, from the Hill and Knowlton blog. They uh, well, actually we can play it. Oh my goodness, I love this. Yeah, where is it? Hey, why didn't it play? Hmm. It's the no agenda swine flu minute. Uh, looks like uh, the number of deaths from the swine flu, according to. Lancet and the CDC were 15 times higher than confirmed uh, than previously reported. Yeah, right. I, actually, I wanted to talk about that. Where, crap. where are the bodies? <laughs> but now you know why it's a big news story, because Hill & Knowlton is the PR company behind it. This is yeah. right from their, from their website, from H&K Strategies. So where are the bodies? They say 151,000 to over half a million people died. I guess they just died and went to heaven. It just, <laughs> bodies and all. Where'd they go? Yeah, where's the corpses? Yeah, where's the bodies? Are you out, darling? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, that's not convenient. And before you wrap, I'd make sure I, I set up the clip we want to play. Yeah. Now, we've got like a washing machine repair guy coming, but Ms. Mickey has to leave. And so, yeah, I'm not saying that. Washing machine repair guy. Leave the door open, honey. Leave the door open. As she slams the door. So, when the guy comes, you know, like, and I'm still doing the show. I'll have to interrupt yeah. the show. Aren't you the same guy who cleans the pool? <laughs> um, BBC, we're all on the vaccine tip here. This is beautiful. You know, this autism thing is going to be such a bonanza when they come up with all these crap vaccines. A simple brain trace can identify autism in children as young as two years old, scientists <laughs> believe. Yes, a U.S. team at Boston's Children's Hospital say EEG traces, which record electrical brain activity using scalp electrodes, could offer a diagnostic test for this complex condition. So what does that mean? Yep, go ahead and get your kids tested. And here's the tip-off, ladies and gentlemen. We love it when this happens. EEG might offer a way to check for the same condition in younger siblings. The latest study found 33 specific EEG patterns that appeared to be linked to autism. <laughs> I love the magic numbers. Uh, and then we had... Uh, for HPV, I mean, we're just trying, they're pulling everything out now. Now, scientists have located the cells in the cervix that give rise to cancer when attacked by the human papillomavirus, a discovery that may lead to new methods of preventing and treating the disease. So here's how it works. They're going to test you to see if you have cells that might be susceptible to precancerous conditions if you have the HPV, the right strain, and right at the bottom of this report, this is something that probably could be adopted by clinicians and pathologists pretty soon. 
These investigators have actually identified the type of cells which can be used to target new methods of testing, treatment, and screening. It's fantastic, said Dr. Einstein. Literally, his name is Einstein. Dr. Einstein. I mean, come on. You want me to believe this report, people? <laughs> Dr. Einstein. So uh, be on the lookout for it. This is all marketing. It's all marketing. And, you know, and this is not like confirmed science or anything yet. We believe may be possible, could be great, fantastic. Terrible. You know what we should do? We should just watch some foosball. The game, yeah. the game has started. Okay. The game okay, has started. Yeah, set, set up, up, set up your clip. clip. Yep, set up your so clip. So this is from the movie Casino Jack, which never hit this this the uh Never hit the screen, as far as I know, and starring as Kevin Spacey as Jack Abramoff. Right. And it's a dream sequence where he's testifying in front of Congress and he keeps saying, I have to invoke the fifth. And I'm not going to, you know, he just keeps saying it over and over and over and over again. And so, but in the dream sequence, he pauses and goes into a rant, which is what everybody wanted to hear where he especially blasts McCain, and then he, he falls out of his dream sequence and goes right back into the... Uh, you can When you listen to this rant, you can see why this movie really never got much play. That is your end-of-show clip. We'll be back on Sunday. I'll be doing my government legislation analysis. John will be out buying a megaphone. Yes. Italy for the win in this match. Ms. Mickey says Germany. You, John? Uh, Germany. Germany. We have two for the Deutschers and one for the Spaghettis. And coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State here, Camp Mofo in Austin, Texas. Proud to be your media assassin in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. Oops, I forgot I forgot I'm here. I'm in Northern <laughs> Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday, everybody. Remember to support the program with your value-for-value value donation at Dvorak.org slash N-A. Adios, mofos! Senator, I respectfully invoke the privileges as a... No. Jack. No, I no longer wish to invoke the privileges. Jack. I have something to say and I'm going to say it. Jack, no, no, no. In fact, Jack, what are you if doing? we want to talk all about the money, why don't we start with the four or $5,000 checks I personally handed to Senator Jarvis for his re-election campaign, and we know what that money was all about, don't we, Senator? Or how about you, Senator Burnham? I donated $30,000 to influence your vote to keep the Marianas open for business. Remember? And what about you, Senator McCain? You should be sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in right now. For years, you've taken tens of thousands of dollars from lobbyists just like me, representing competing Indian tribes who wanted to open up their own casinos that would have shut my clients down. Sir, you're out of order. This man, this son of a bitch, is guilty. And if he's allowed to go free, then there's something really wrong going on here. Sir, you are out of order. Out of order? You're out of order. You're out of order. You're all out of order. This whole Senate hearing is out of order. Seize him. I got a whole panel of senators who love to take money from anybody who's got a fucking bank account. And you call me a fraud. You fucking hypocrites. You fucking hypocrites.
grips. You ought to stand for something. You should protect people. Hold on, hold on. I have just completed my opening statement. Mr. Abramoff. Mr. Abramoff. Jack. Senator, I respectfully invoke the privileges as stated. And I'd say to you, Mr. Abramoff, shame on you. Who the hell are you trying to look right? Look, it's Michael Corleone. Painful, tragic, dangerous, difficult. We know that. Uh Adios, mofo. Shut up, slave. Dvorak.org slash N-A